to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. You got to give me a sack, Chandler. Give me a sack. Sack! Yes. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? It's a me, a man, a Garcia. Puedes pintar este violeta. Y'all are intimidating guys. I'm saying y'all are famous. Y'all are celebrity type guys, and that's intimidating. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, pr927fm.com. And we'd love for you to watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can find us there. Give us a like subscribe to pirate radio tv on youtube so you can know when this show the brian bailey show our weekly interviews all the those goodies drop you can uh, find them pirate radio tv on youtube we've got some guests to get to on today's show we'll go over the college football slate talk a little nfl as well with the big man on campus jeff nadu coming up in about 25 minutes or so Big hour number two, we will talk uh, E.C. Rice from each perspective. We'll talk to Kevin Monroe, color analyst for the Pirates, former ECU DB, get his thoughts on the upcoming game and what he liked from the shutout Saturday over Gardner-Webb. We'll talk to Camo. We'll also talk to J.P. Heath, my favorite preview interview when it comes to an opponent over the summer, and... It's just a shame we can't we couldn't do it live. We recorded this earlier. He brought his own sound effects to the interview. He's an absolute nut job in the best way. Uh, but really enjoyed our chat with JP Heath. You'll hear that coming up later on in today's show as we talk Rice Owls football. What you need to know heading into the game coming up this Saturday, seven o'clock. We'll be with you three o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff. And then after the game, late night edition of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls, Pirates. Trying to get to two and three on the season and one and zero in conference play, man, that would look a lot better than one and four zero and one. So uh, it is a big one. It is a a big one coming up, a big ball game, as some would say, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, also on today's show, ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall. We'll hear what Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, Mike Houston had to say yesterday. Go down uh, some of those comments with Marcus Crandall in our number three. Talk some NFL as well with the Cran Man. All right, it is boys' day. No Shirley, so we can do whatever we want. No rules. Shirley's gone. We got the man of Chan. Chandler Honeycutt, the former long snapper, joining us. Hello, Chandler. What's up, Clipper? HTMF. HTMF to you, and this will be your last day of the the week on Pirate Radio Live because we are sending old Chan off to Houston to take in some EC Rice coming up. Houston, we've got a problem. And that problem is uh, not one, but two Honeycuts invading. Yeah, baby. The old Clarker going to make the trip yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm very excited to have him join me uh, on the trip. And uh, we're going to enjoy some ECU football. Hopefully come back 2-3 and three overall and 1-0 and oh in the American Athletic Conference. Why is Clark going? Hold on. That voice is the big dog, Glenn Griffin. Hello, Glenn. What's up, man? Now, uh, your question? I was going to ask, why is Clark going? Why not? 
Oh, I I didn't know if he had if if he had other other business in the Houston area that he was attending to a second family or maybe I, another restaurant. I, I just didn't know. I I didn't know <laughs> that if there was other reasons for Clark to be on the trip. No, I think it would just be cool to have my dad with me. All right, and, and enjoy hey. EC football. We All need right. somebody there with Chandler, and who better than his pops? Yeah, no better person to be with me. Yeah, I, uh, nobody knows this, but I set it up so clark would go with chandler the most least. successful restaurateur <laughs> in Whiteville. yeah hey, hey do you mind going with your son to houston yeah and uh i, I could just see y'all in cowboy hats belt buckles like y'all would oh i want fit it. the part so if you yeah. if you could find a good outlet store i'm not saying get the big 300 dollars cowboy hat but just you know something cheap yeah. i would like to see clark in a nice 10 gallon yeah i outfit. mean i think it would fit him well actually yes he needs to look like the arby sign i'm trying to go <laughs> i'm trying to go meet mattress mac <laughs> also does he have a super bowl bit out yet <laughs> yeah. find out yeah mattress mac see what mac gallery line. furniture we need to find out what he's laying on the pirates in the house this weekend yeah i bet he's got a million dollar <laughs> bet going one way or the other all right, let's uh, check in with the chat gang. A lot going on already. Let me make sure we got uh, our Facebook chatters uh, covered as well. And we got Josh over there. How about those number one seed Bravos and soon-to-be MVP Ronnie? What a game that was. The Cubs, my goodness. Uh, hey, are, are they cursed again? What is going on? Here's my question. Did all that have to happen? I yes. Mean, was the, the did the pageantry have to happen at that time? Yes. In the, you, in the ball game. What are you speaking of? I'm just making fun of the Chicago Cubs broadcasters who are just complete. <sighs> you know, I gotta say, I I agree with them. Wow. If the, I I am a sports fan, I am not a cultist. Just because my team does something, it's never happened before. Doesn't though. make it right. I just I think. In that moment, the Cubs are fighting for their playoff lives. If the shoe was on the other foot, if the Braves were fighting for a wild card spot, the Cubs have already had it locked up, and one of their guys steals a base in that situation, and they stop the game, I'm I'm getting annoyed. I'm like, all right, let's play the game. We got bigger fish to fry here. So, yeah, I get it. And then the very next pitch, or a couple of pitches later, uh, Ozzy takes one to right field and scores the ball game. Yeah, and it's ball game. Cubs continue to blow late leads and uh, maybe blow their shot at a playoff because the Marlins uh, I heard today have the tiebreaker over Chicago. If they do have the same record, they would go according to uh, to what I heard earlier. So, all right, um, let's see. Pike liked the stream. Thank you, Pike. As always, he said, "Beat Rice." Tyler says, "Hashtag Beatrice." uh pike says i wonder how al and rice would be Ooh. do it does do any countries eat owls that's what i was trying to get in that that graphic that i put out on uh sunday night by the way have y'all if nobody has ever seen an owl without feathers it's scary like i don't think there's any meat on the bone to eat have you ever seen how long obviously you have that their legs are so long yeah yeah they have these long like raptor like claws and 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 then the the length of the legs it's impressive owls without feathers are some of the scariest looking creatures of all time uh let's see tyler says clip you dropping that weight bro great job man hey i wear a lot of black 
it is slimming but thank you uh tyler looking slim clip jamie says no shirley here break out the dirty words we will be cursing all show today so be prepared for that just some super foul mouth stuff going on on today's program russ says wth is chandler gonna do at rice well let's ask him what are you gonna do there i'm uh, gonna bring you all the coverage there in houston as specifically um well i'm not sure outside of the game i don't know what we're gonna do right. um but i'm gonna do a check-in at some point on saturday uh probably do an on-field on location uh might do some li- live tweeting uh if i'm up in the in the press box um and then i'll get post-game comments from mike houston and a couple players and might call into the fifth quarter calling show we'll see i mean like every lame football team says when they go on the road chandler said it earlier this week it's a business trip business trip baby we nothing, need nothing that. but it the business is is to get a picture of clark in the 10 gallon hat yeah that that's is, the business that is that is number one <coughs> sure everything else is secondary you know what else russ said chandler what less rage less rage russ is the rager of the group uh Cass says chan man coming back with a cowboy hat eric said cowboy chan pike's got some trivia pike trivia i used to work for aig valak headquartered in houston texas i went there a couple times tell chandler to look for the aig tower on allen parkway fascinating stuff jamie says chandler riding the bull if you see a mechanical bull please get on that thing and take some video i can't say that i've ever ridden one maybe at the old fire american tavern down here in downtown mm. mm-hmm. you know but i can't remember but way back when we were creating the buck it's not we as in pirate radio but <laughs> we as in glenn and you. the people that were creating it um our original intention was to have a mechanical bull in there it would fit the mold there uh it would not fit the floor plan <laughs> And so there was a floor plan issue, and then there was an insurance issue. Oh. Well, I feel like if you take that pool table out in the back corner, I think you could put one. Would not fit. Oh, uh, I just remembered. Uh, the, I've tried it several times. I've tried it every single way. I used to go a lot to the bar, The uh, and I think it was called Lucky's. Remember they would dance on the bar? Yes. Downtown? I, I just thought of that for some reason. Kind of like Coyote Ugly? Coyote yeah. Ugly I, era, yes. Well, everything goes through fads we had the coyote ugly bar we had the piano bar downtown yeah man the dueling pianos is always like everybody it's like when the fad's hot then we had 800 froyo stores in greenville yep do any of those exist anymore do any of the mattress stores exist was that like a scam i feel like all these things are scams i don't that's somehow somewhat money laundering scams i don't know uh tyler says we need the chan man content uh eric says don't be tempted to wear any assless chaps Would love to don't see worry that about that eric you are that guy pal he is every that day guy, you have to be that guy uh pike says channel we need a 10 gallon hat jamie <laughs> jamie this is mean oh man can they make 10 gallon hats wider <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> jamie you're one of the kindest commenters i know coming, that's not uh that's not very characteristic of jamie coming from you that's tough um he also says halloween express is a sponsor that time of year that's right live line the live line baby about to be cranked up with uh courtesy of halloween express 
Kaz said Francona's last home game was pretty neat, although I'm sure he didn't appreciate his scooter getting jacked. Hmm. I'm missing something. Didn't see that. Terry Francona? Is he retiring? I'm lost on that one. Uh, Shirley is watching, so everybody be careful. Man. Yeah, we can't get out of here, mom. I go crazy yet. Uh, Tyler says, per chat GPT, it is not common for cultures to eat owl. Owls are typically considered to be symbols of wisdom and are often protected or sacred in many cultures. Additionally, many countries have laws that protect owls and other wildlife, making it illegal to hunt or consume them. All right. I have to ask Bryce on... uh, Which doesn't seem like... I mean, it's... Leave the owls alone. Yeah. Although, the owl theory that uh, the murder... In North Carolina? What is the owl theory? Guy killed his wife, but there's the owl theory. That an owl did it? Yeah. That an owl swooped down Have while you they ever were seen in real life an owl swoop down on something? Uh, I think I've seen a video of it. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen it like in real life, like a squirrel running across the yard, and then an owl come out and get it. Yeah. Like, they're pretty vicious. And, yes, yeah, son, uh, that squirrel stood no chance. It, it, was, it was it was predatory. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The owl theory, that murder. Wasn't it like Raleigh or something? It's very famous. Uh, the Staircase is the documentary. That's it's what really I, good. Okay, now I know what you're it's talking really about. It's really good. I did not know about that owl theory. Yeah, the old owl theory. The All right. Um, Josh said the Froyo reminded him of the random Dippin' Dot store that showed up. I just feel like those are all gone now. They all went away. I think we had 15 different mattress brands in one point All beside and each i think other. we're down to like three now yeah. i remember the dipping dot store being over there on the co- corner of charles and um across from the stadium yeah right where the verizon store is now uh let's do a quick fleet feet rundown i want to talk some thursday night football uh fleet feet rundown brought to you by fleet feet you can go see them and get that great one-on-one service they got the 3d foot scanner uh, they are at 207 East Arlington Boulevard in the old Gordon's Golf location. Fleet Feet, they run for you. They are locally owned and operated by ECU alum Chris Lunyon and uh, can get you in the right shoe. Russ, Russ, be patient. Uh, if you can stick around till hour number two when we talk to J.P. Heath, you'll hear that soundbite that you're asking for so much. Um, Thursday night football tonight. We got a good NFL game. I'm excited about the NFL game tonight. Detroit and Green Bay. Green Bay was staring one and two in the face and had a furious rally, 18 unanswered in the fourth quarter to come back to beat the Saints. And then the Lions got back on track last week with a home win against the Falcons. And I am taking the Lions on the road in a division game tonight. A little nervous about it, but I just think they're the better team. What do y'all think? I mean, no, they're feisty. They were last year, but this year it's they're showing early that they can win the games that they were very short on winning last year. Um, Who'd they lose to week two? They lost to the Seahawks. Yeah. And at a, the very last classic Lions game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they won last week at home. I'm going to say they, they win again tonight, but this is a big one for Jordan Love. Like, he has had three pretty good weeks of football, at least one good quarter last week. And if he wins this one, goes to three and one, beats the Lions in prime time, I mean, we're gonna have to start to say Jordan Love's pretty good. It's legit. Yeah. 
If he's the Lions in prime time, he's doing something. Yeah. I mean, you you got to score 30-plus to beat him. Probably. The way but, the Lions move yeah, it up and if down the Lions, yeah. If the Lions win tonight, that is two road games Yeah. on Thursday, Thursday. night that they win yeah. where they started the season off winning in Kansas City right. and if they win in Green Bay at Lambeau tonight that will be very impressive they move to 3 and 1 yeah maybe a tall task asking them to win two road games in the same month on Thursday nights but I'm uh, I'm going to go with them man I'm going to go with Dan Campbell uh college football tonight Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky Temple at Tulsa Jacksonville State at Sam Houston State not a great lineup I'm so ready for when those games, though, are on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's the only thing on, and they matter. Yeah, we need some action back in our lives soon. And some C Tuesday USA or whatever they were calling it when Conference USA was on Tuesday. We uh, do have a great Friday night slate. I do like these matchups. Louisville at NC State. Utah at Oregon State. Louisiana Tech at UTEP. Cincinnati at BYU. That's a great is that Friday night? Quadrant, yeah, all Friday night. I like it. Yeah, good, good games, and we get to come in late on Saturday. I don't have to worry about being here at eight a.m. so I can stay up and watch those late games. And you know I'm what? I'm excited about it. Did, we need to go back to Mister Zira to his tape and see and see if he says see how he pronounces the word Saturday. <laughs> I'm sure it's like you. Forty-four to there. Forty-four to there. <laughs> on Saturday. Forty-four to there. Baby on Saturday. Saturday. Ah, uh, let's see. Dad is my dad has picked up on that now and will not let it go. What Saturday? Yes, that I say it that way, and then I'm the only one. He he thinks he thinks it's proof, further proof that something is clearly wrong with me, and I'm not related to the family. The family, which is probably true. <laughs> I mean, you know, where where does I just don't know where it came from. Where does Seardy? I don't know the origin of Seardy. I don't know where it came from. I guess my grandmother probably. Tyler, I love a little fantasy football. Starts it. Jordan Love or Josh Allen? I mean, that's not a question. Yeah, not a question, boss. Josh Allen. If you have Josh Allen, you're starting Josh Allen every week. Unless it's snowing three feet in Buffalo, you pretty much got to roll with that guy and i mean the way dolphins games have gone they might have to play keep up so that's good you want them to keep on chunking and i get that detroit plays a lot of shootouts as well but yeah i'm I'm sticking with josh allen on that one uh guy in my league has been trying to trade for my rookies really wants sam laporta so i drafted mark andrews and i have (laughs) laporta and i have trouble getting laporta in my lineup even at flex so it would make sense for me to trade him, but he also wants like a, a Roshan, Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson. <laughs> and I'm, I'm scared to trade him. I don't want to trade Tank Dale right now. He's coming after my rookies. Let's talk about Tank Dale. Okay. Because I would like him in our league. Do I have him in our league? Yes. So you want to make a trade? I, I would like him. People keep coming after that's, my rookies. And CJ Stroud. Well, I've got CJ Stroud. That connection. Oh, okay. So I've got the other piece to it. Honestly, actually, I just in my other league Honestly. picked up CJ Stroud. Yep. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So I've got that connection. Going. And we play each other this week. And we're playing this week. So who do you want? Trade. You want Tank Dell? I've got Tank Dell in my lineup for the first time all year. I am considering offering you Garrett Wilson. No. Okay. I was going to do George Pickens. I was looking at him. Straight up? I was going to say straight up, and then I know that you like to involve picks now in our in trades. 
Yeah, but like, can. who's the who's got the advantage in picking? I know, I don't know. I, I think I, it's pretty. I kind of think it's pretty good straight up. Yeah, I do too. You want to do it? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Just to do it, I mean, because right now in our lineups, Pause. where the players are. I have Tank Dell. You have Pickens. They're lined up in the same yeah, spot. in the same slot. We could just literally swap them right now. <laughs> I right. kind of want to swap quarterbacks. Not CJ. Burrow for Lawrence. Yeah. I don't want either one of them. <laughs> I know. It's such in the God, dirt. Trevor is killing me, and Burrow ain't right. Nope. Uh, I would do the... Uh, the Pickens-Dale swap. I think so, because I feel like and if and and if you turn it down, I'll feel good about that too. Yeah, it's, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm good either way. It feels very even. Yeah, I think it matches up, and but it would give me the something potentially down the road with the Dale Stroud look up. Parker says Fields or C.J. Stroud. I mean, right now C.J. Stroud, baby. Probably Stroud. Fields is cooked. So Fields plays a team that just gave up seventy points. He does have that going for him. Oh, no. That's right. The Bears play the Broncos. Yeah. Oh. And who do the Texans got? Texans got the Steelers. But it's at their house. And the Texans are probably just going to be in these, like, we're losing. Let's chunk it up. So, the the previous week, I kind of poo-pooed Stroud and Dale because it was mop-up. It was, we're losing. Last week, they had the lead the whole time. And they put up big points. They played winning football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stroud. I mean, I got to start Stroud right now. I know Fields could have his first good game, but they are so bad right now. I just Fields has showed it. Like he, he's solid, man. I guess the question is: Is when's Field going to have his first good game? When's Stroud going to have his first bad game? We have a lot of people. We have two people asking what to do with Garrett Wilson. So I have him in the league. Glenn has him in the league. The problem is, you're just not going to get a lot of return on Garrett Wilson. So I think you just. Stick Check with him. He's going to have like a touchdown or, or 80 yards hopefully every week, even though his quarterback situation is awful. I think his volume is going to be there. I just don't know what you could get in return for Garrett Wilson right now. He's going to go. He's going to do exactly what he's done in every single game so far this year where he gets frustrated when Zach Wilson goes over there and just like gives him a pep talk. Next thing you know, it's like a 60-yard touchdown. Maybe, yeah, because Garrett Wilson is a very – we talked about the lack of diva receivers. He is – anti-diva he is seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder so i think i mean he can get he's gonna stay in it like he's not going to go awol or anything five catches 60 yards and a touchdown every single week with a bad quarterback with a bad where's mike white right bring back mike white where is he right there's also the hope of that of, of that their quarterback situation changes somehow but it ain't gonna get a lot better the guys they're talking about, what they bring in Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. That ain't gonna get a lot no, better. I, that was a that was a dumb move from. The I job. mean, they, it, I, I would rather have had wins. I don't know. Oh God, no! Don't say that. No. Arm talent. He's Over better. Simeon. Than, I would uh, say arm yes. talent. He's better just on paper. No. I know that he's a horrible chemistry. <laughs> and I know you have <laughs> PTSD no, from him. No. Nobody needs Carson Wentz on a roster. <laughs> no. Steve Hill has hit the group chat and said he's looking for a QB trade, fellas, to which I want to reply. Also, so is everybody else. Well, Glenn needs – well, I mean, Glenn, you're in a good spot to trade a QB. 
well yeah i got a guy you could sell high on stroud or you could sell the name joe burrow and people would buy it i that's the move you don't i don't think you move off stroud not well, in our league where it's a keeper league no sir all right i'd love to keep doing this I really <laughs> we can really would, talk about our league for but hours. we do have to get to nadu so let's take a break we'll come back to this at the end of this hour guys kyron williams or jameer gibbs we'll we'll get back to some fantasy talk uh but right now we'll take a break come back and have more for you hour one of pirate radio live back with you after this to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Thursday. Clip Brock here with you. Still to come, J.P. Heath, play-by-play voice of the Rice House. Kevin Monroe, color analyst on the Pirate Sports Network. We'll preview E.C. Rice and talk to Marcus Crandall, E.C. Hall of Famer. Got a lot of audio to get to from yesterday as well as we heard from Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and Blake Harrell. So we'll have all that coming your way later on on today's program. I'm uh, going to talk to Jeff Nadeau here in just a moment and get you ready for the slate of games coming up in college football and the NFL. Um, Jamie asking about Jameer Gibbs, Kyron Williams or Jameer Gibbs. And so last week, David Montgomery did not play for the lions and i still don't think gibbs got a ton of action right let me uh let me check that box score from last week because gibbs has looked good when he's played but has not got a ton of looks uh, so far for detroit as maybe they're kind of easing him in right now uh last week jameer gibbs well he got 80 yards on uh on 17 carries but only one catch need to get him going in the passing game but did get 80 yards so maybe they are giving him the ball a little bit more um and he could find some points tonight we'll get back to that one in a moment jamie but right now we welcome on the big man on campus jeff nadu who joins us here on the pirate radio live line big man how you doing today what's up bud? how are you hey doing good pirates coming off their first win jeff yes it was against an fcs opponent but 
we, I think myself, yourself, just about everybody I talked to thought it was going to be a much more competitive game. Pirates get the shutout, big man. First one since 2000 for East Carolina. And the Pirates put up a ton of points. Still not the explosive offense we're, we're hoping to see at some point this season, but raised a few eyebrows with that score last week. Now they go on the road for the American opener against Rice. JT Daniels has been lighting it up so far this year, but he's banged up. Looks like he's going to give it a go on Saturday. Rice currently a three and a half point favorite total i believe jeff in the 40s let me look 46 and a half uh, what's your take on ecu rice for saturday uh well i can't say i have much of one i mean obviously the status of jt daniels is quite important i mean if he plays i definitely lean on rice you know this offense has been pretty good i think rice has had the issue of you know getting some stops on a consistent basis but um, you know, I think the thing about ECU, we don't need to continue to talk about it, but they're not great offensively. I, I do like Rice's offense, though. Luke McCaffrey is, I think, one of the better receivers nobody talks about. He's, you know, the son of uh, Ed McCaffrey, brothers Christian. He's a really good player. Uh, comes over from Nebraska. He's he's solid. Um, they they have some great weapons. Um, this is definitely going to be a much tougher game than uh, than Gardner Webb. You know, and that said, ECU has struggled with with certain offenses. I mean, Michigan. Marshall and, and App State all put up 30 or more. So, yeah, I definitely, if, if I can get a good read on Daniels, I would be, uh, I'd be looking to, uh, to play, uh, Rice. Yeah, I don't know if our offense can keep up if Daniels is going and if he, uh, is completing passes the way he has so far this season. We'll be with you 3 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 7 o'clock kickoff coming up on Saturday. Jeff, uh, I'm eyeing a couple of teams coming off losses. I'm big on the bounce back and want to get your take on a couple of games here. Oregon State, Friday night at home against Utah. The Beavs coming off a loss, and and we got more quarterback questions, just like JT Daniels with Rice. Is Cam Rising finally going to play for Utah? Their offense has not been great without them but they've been winning games and then another one notre dame on the road at duke game day will be in durham for the first time ever notre dame five and a half point favorites on the road in durham what do you think about those two teams coming off losses there the beavers and the irish playing ranked teams and and pretty good teams uh but what about the beavers and the irish to bounce back this week what do you think I mean, Utah has a buy on deck. So I don't know if it would make a ton of sense to, to bring Rising back. Um, I, I don't they, – They, as you said, I think the key thing you said there was they've won without him. Okay, They're 4-0 without him. And I think if he plays, you know, that, that would surprise me a lot, especially, as I said, with a bye week on deck. Look, I agree with you on bouncing back. I played Oregon State at 2.5 right when it came out. It's now up to 3.5. I think they're surely the player. And they've been very good at home over the years. You look at the last 10 games at home, Oregon State 9-1 and one against the spread. Um, they've been really good in their building. And, and this has not been an easy game for Utah. They've had to cover in two of three against the Bees. I like the run game. And, look, I'm going to ask uh, DJ to, to play a, a mistake-free football game. You know, this is really the issue, you know, at times when you back teams like this. You know, when you back like a Nebraska when Jeff Sims is playing, they're a pretty good team at all levels, really outside of the quarterback. And I, I agree with you, Oregon State there, too. I think this is probably first to, like, 21 wins. But I'm going to take Oregon State at anything under a field goal, even at three and a half. I, th- I think they win, like, 27-21, you know, 27-17. I'm going to lean on Oregon State here. 
You got a read on uh, Notre Dame Duke, Jeff? Uh, well, I, you know, I think the question you have to ask yourself is who, who's the better quarterback in this game? <laughs> I think a lot of people would just assume that it's Hartman, but yeah, the quarterback, yeah, the quarterback at Duke is quite good too. And yeah. you know, this is a great spot for the Blue Devils. I mean, they got you know the game day kind of atmosphere, and you know, it's a big game for Mike Elko. I've seen these games over the years, so I remember. I don't know, five, six years ago, Temple was in a similar spot. They were playing Notre Dame at home, and you know Matt Rule was there, and it was game day, and, and they got beat up. Um, we've seen Duke, though. I think looking back, that game against Clemson wasn't exactly that impressive. I, I think Clemson's got their own issues. Um, both good defensive teams. I think this probably is a lower-scoring game played in the 20s, uh, first to 24 win. I think in that kind of game, you got to lean Duke at home. Uh, that's a good spot for them. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, a, a game that jumped out to me immediately this week, and the line's already gone down. It's a team that you kind of turned me on to, and so far this season they've scored 48-34, a disappointing 31, and then 38 in a win uh, against BYU last week. I'm talking about the Kansas Jayhawks on the road in Austin when it was 17 and above. It uh, looked really attractive. Now it's inside of 17, but – I know you've been high on Kansas. Are you high enough on them that they can go give Texas a game coming up uh, Saturday, 3.30 on ABC? Uh, yeah, I definitely think they can. I mean, the fact that it's dropped from the 17 numbers definitely meaning that you know, if you look at the actual money being bet on this game, about 83% of the actual money is on Kansas. So that bodes well for people that like Kansas. You know, Texas, I mean, obviously Alabama, they were tested. But, you know, this is a, another kind of their second test. I don't really have much interest in the side, though. I just look at the over. If you like Kansas, why not just take the over? I mean, Texas is going to score. You look at three of the last four in this series, uh, or two of the last three, 55-14, 57-56, 50-48. I mean, right. in this, this is Kansas teams weren't as good. So, yeah, I lean over the total. I think this is a back-and-forth game. Uh, first to 35 win all right colorado a uh, familiar number uh as far as the line goes for them the, the 21 20 and a, 21 and a half had that number against tcu won outright had that number against oregon got blown out uh now that number is right there again same spot with usc this total 73 and a half can Colorado help out this week? They did not help out the total last week against the Ducks. Uh, do you think it's another blowout coming up for the Buffs on uh, Saturday, or, or can they stay in it? And and what about the total, Jeff? Can they uh, can they help out with the over this week? Well, I think they can. I mean, this is definitely a softer secondary than the one they saw on Saturday. The USC struggles at really just tackling and fundamentals. The, the concern, though, is is the offensive line, I'm going to keep saying it. The reason they struggled on Saturday was the offensive line. They allowed six sacks. Colorado is really struggling to protect Shadir Sanders, and that's not going to change overnight. Oregon's got a great defensive line, but so does USC. They're both very good at that level. And I have a lot of concerns as to if they can, uh, they can score again. It'd be better just because USC secondary is kind of weak, but um, – I- USC is going to probably push 50. I feel like if you're Oregon, they probably should have gotten into the 50s. Um, seems like they kind of let their foot off the gas just a little bit. But, yeah, I feel like Colorado probably gives something in this game as opposed to what they did on Saturday. I think they probably pushed 20, 24. I'd lean over here. This, this, this seems like a 51-28 type of game. 
they do uh what games you probably got some off the radar uh you're looking at any ones you've got highlighted for this weekend in college football um yeah i'll look at two uh, one tonight i think it's interesting um western kentucky has been a team that over the years are a bet on team in conference play they're now in conference they're playing a team in middle tennessee they've beaten by double digits over the last two seasons austin reed is really good they're at home um, this number's ticked up from five and a half to seven. I'm seeing some six and a half still out there. Um, I've even seen some seven and a half out there. So I think if you like Western, you should probably jump on pretty quickly. Um, the other one I look at is Saturday, similar spot to the one I just discussed. I like Toledo, anything under 14 against Northern Illinois. Cliff, I backed Toledo last year in this game. They went down 21 nothing and won the game 52-32. It was a wild game. Uh, Toledo is a step above everyone else in the conference. Uh, Northern Illinois, I think, is a bad football team. And I think Toledo, on the defensive end, offensive end, they're just legit at every level. I think Toledo cruises here at home, and I'm uh, willing to lay the 13. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us. Jeff, it was a kind of a wake-up call uh, for teams on Sunday in the NFL. Uh, teams woke up from the dreams of being 3-0, and and those teams were Washington, Tampa Bay on Monday, uh, Atlanta on Sunday, and I guess you could throw New Orleans in there, although they, they really blew it against the Packers. But uh, for Tampa, Atlanta, and Washington, are they really 3-0 and NFL teams? No, and they showed that on uh, on sunday with losses my commander's trying to bounce back but not a good opponent to do it against uh your eagles and the eagles are big favorites in this game at the link on sunday i, I i've kind of half joked that if washington was coming in this game like losers of two or three straight i would like washington because ron rivera tends to win those games but uh just after a two and one start i don't know i think philly takes care of business here by how much i don't know what do you think about that number being around eight eight and a half right now for philly yeah i feel like i've had a pretty good read on the eagles you know, kind of you know not last game though I, I i i was waiting for the offense to get going and they got going um you know, weirdly enough, a lot of people don't remember, but the Commanders beat the Eagles last season, yeah. 32-21. Not really sure how that happened, but, um, you know, I think the Eagles are finally starting to get going offensively. I'm starting to see some eight-and-a-halves pop up in this game. Um, I think the Eagles have found it. I think offensive, they just like to run the football, and I think that's something where you just wear teams down. And they're running the football against teams that are good against the run. So I think with the commanders, they can't take this team lightly. They always seem to do it, and it, it backfires. I think if you can get into the upper level of the commanders' defense, the secondary, you can beat them. I think the Eagles are fun to try to – I think they'll have a good passing game. They'll finally start to get both Brown and Goddard and Devontae involved, and I think they probably win here by 10 or more. Uh, I think the commanders, as I told you last week, just didn't really think they were they were for real, and I think they proved that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you are correct on that one. Uh, Jeff, got to love the NFL. A team that put up 70 points last week is an underdog this week, and that's just the way it goes. You just This thing's tough to figure out. But Buffalo, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Dolphins, the total at 53-and-a-half. Miami, a historic performance last week. Bills hammered the commanders. So I get the, uh, the spread. What do you think about this uh, AFC East matchup on Sunday? Yeah, I think you you kind of sniffed it out. I mean, um, I will say this though, I've I've I bet against the Dolphins last week. I'll admit I had Indy too, so I did win one and lose. One. <laughs> I also bet against the Dolphins against the Patriots. I'm just kind of irritated. I don't 
I don't like it. I'm done with this team. Yeah. I can't figure it out. Um, I lean Bills here to win the game. This is a major step up. Bills at home. Uh, that's kind of turned into a bit of a rivalry. I think the Bills are just another level defensively, one that they maybe haven't seen yet. Um, but the Dolphins are tough, man. I mean, they did all that last week without Jalen Waddle. So, I mean, that's uh, that's impressive. Uh, Jeff, question uh, from Jamie in the chat. Are the Eagles still the best team in the NFC? Has San Francisco caught them? Like, if you had to do a power rankings right now, who's your number one team in the NFC? Uh, I would say that I, I think to that question, I, I would say absolutely. I think that, that they've caught them. I think they're one, two. I, I personally, if you made me do it, I would say that the 49ers are number one just because of, I think, the the quality of how they've done it. The Eagles have kind of struggled in certain games, and their offense hasn't looked perfect. Brock Purdy's been awesome. Um, the defense has been shut down. I just think they're slightly better on that end. And they have Christian McCaffrey and Debo. Not that the Eagles don't have weapons, but I, I just slightly give them the edge. But if that ends up being the NFC title game, it's going to be a fascinating one. It's going to be so important to have the number one seed because uh, – you, you want to obviously have a home game. So, yeah, I think it's a great question. I lean the Niners just a bit. And, look, a ton can change between now and then, but these two teams do face off uh, in the regular season. It'll be December 3rd, uh, 425 on Fox, and it'll be in Philly. So, who knows what the records will be at that point, but would be awesome if the, we could get a couple of undefeateds in December facing off because, as you said, that could go a long way to determining uh, who has that home game in the playoffs. So, we shall see. Anything else uh, NFL-wise that jumps out to, at you this week, Jeff? Uh you know, I haven't gotten there just yet. I mean, I'm still kind of looking over. I, I'm a big NFL guy kind of Saturday into Sunday. Well, how about this? We'll uh, we'll catch up with you Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and, and ask you then. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I mean, Cowboys, though, that's kind of one I'm looking at. I um, They just didn't play well last week. I, I think the Patriots just kind of downtrodden. Tough road game. I like uh, Dallas anything under a touchdown. Hey, uh, Jeff, I felt super uh... – I don't know if sharp's even the word. I just went with the trend. I went Cardinals first quarter against Dallas last week and uh, got the win. Shall we ride that again this week? They're playing at San Francisco. They're 14-point dogs. So what is that quarter going to be? Like plus four or something in the first quarter or three and a half or something? I don't know. I, I'm pretty good at this. That's what I would have said, three and a half. I, I think um, I would probably advise to take the profits you made. And, <laughs> yeah. Another way. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you, you can only play with fire for too long. But listen, Arizona has been um, perfect against the number. Okay, yeah. well, uh, they're one and two, but they're three and zero against the spread. So something to keep an eye on for Sunday. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, see if we can catch up with you game day Saturday. Talk more with you. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, love our weekly chats with the BMOC breaking down the slate of games and. Uh, Let's look through it. We went guess the lines. Let's see our uh, our games of the week this week. Best game in the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, easy pick there between the Dolphins at Bills. That one should be a ton of fun. Last week, we had three duds in the 4 o'clock hour. And guess what? Only three games this week for the 4 o'clock time slot. What are we doing? We got to get more than three games. And they're all duds. Raiders, Chargers. Patriots, Cowboys, Cardinals, Niners. Another crap afternoon slate of games in the NFL. We said that last week, but we saw some upsets. Yeah. 
I know. So what's the upset this week? Raiders over Chargers, Patriots over Cowboys, or Cardinals over 49ers? I guess Raiders. I think Raiders over Chargers would be my best bet if you had to pick uh, one. Can the Patriots punch the Cowboys in the private parts and get the win? Yeah, Danny Beal hasn't shown up since we found out his his quarterback was dirty. It just takes me back to that time that he was twisting Brian Burns' ankle. Yeah, not his first incident. Mac Jones, dirty player. Why do you think he's in New England? A perfect fit, right? Without a doubt. That's how they like to do their business up there. What a punk. Um, Now, if he's on the field punching a lot of Cowboys players in the balls, I, I'll take that's that. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Look, then we, that's perfectly you fine. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> then I don't blame him. Micah Parsons has caused if he is enough par- harm. If he is Parsons with a Ric Flair <laughs> low blow, <laughs> Uh, I'm down for it. Uh, let's let's go. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one. More to go on Pirate Radio. Jamie says it's because they're playing two games on Monday night, but they're not doing that this week, Jamie. There's only one crappy game on Monday night, Seahawks-Giants. I do like your Raiders theory because they are going through it, Jack. Raiders. Yeah. Their head coach has been accused of murder. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. <laughs> but it's true. Chandler Jones has been on a tirade, which I guess included... Insinuating that Josh McDaniels murdered Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. He's going through some mental stuff. Yeah, it's like, it's not even funny, really. It's, it's not scary. funny, but that, that is the only part, is yeah. that an NFL head coach is accused of murder. Yeah. That's funny. Has your NFL, has your favorite team's head coach been accused of murder today? <laughs> Mine mean, has not. We're clear and clean in Carolina. Boy, Frank Reich doing his best to murder that franchise. <laughs> Sorry. I think Devin, Te- Devin Tepper had the uh, kill shot early. I like that you call him Devin Tepper. He sounds I a lot. I thought that's what you said. He sounds I, a lot I was going to let it go. Devin yeah. Tepper is like David Tepper's cool son. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, Devin's my son. Like, if David, like, leaves for the weekend, he's like, hey, Devin, take over for my the weekend. My name's Devin. No, you don't De- ever David's Devin. my dad. He owns the I'm, Carolina Panthers. There you go. I'm Devin Tepper. That's Devin. We're having a party at the house this weekend. <laughs> Dad's going to be going to TV Party at the Seattle. bank. Party at the bank. I'm trying to get uh, the cornerback that never plays because he's always hurt to come over. What's his name, Chandler? Who's your cornerback, J.C. Horn? I think J.C. Horn's going to drop Oh, uh, I thought you said quarterback, so I, I'm my bad. Yeah, I meant corner. But corner, yeah, J.C. Horn, bro. J.C. Horn's totally going to be totally at the party. Totally always hurt, bro. Going to be at the party, though. Brian Burns. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be burning it down at the party. Burning it down with Burn Boy. <laughs> I talked to my man, Skilo. He hooked me up with some Brian Burns. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna hit that this weekend. Gonna hit the Spider-Man pose. Brian Burns has the sickest nickname of all sports. Spider Burns. I'm Devin Tepper. Let's take a break. Come back. New character on the show, Devin Tepper. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back in to unique custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event. Keep it local, print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. We're talking about David Tepper's fake son, Devin Tepper. Before we Yo, what's up? We made up a new character. Redbeard says Devin Tepper is the frat alien from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> A reference that very few will probably get listening to this show. Mike P said, sweet boat shoes, brah. Devin Tepper. Has a, it's kind of like you said off the air a while ago. It does give Jim Rome vibes. I mean, it's just when you do it. it yeah. when, when Cliff does it, it sounds like Devin Tepper. Dad won't let us take the boat out this weekend, but still we could have the jet skis. Dad. Hey, Dad, you're my... Now you, now you sound like Jim Rohn. <laughs> Dad, Dad, listen. Dad, let's go to the falls. Let's go to the DMs. <laughs> Jessica said she wants to come on the boat. Pause. <laughs> We want Larry Johnson on the boat this weekend dressed as Grandmama. Dad, we're playing Limbo this weekend. Can you bring Muggsy Bogues over? Signed, Devin Tepper. Dad, LaMelo asked if he can come and stay over the weekend. LaVar said he had to ask you. Wait, no one. Is that a Rome reference you're making right now? It's Devin, not Devin. <laughs> that if you're making the reference I think you're making, it's from was it Jay Stu that was on Blind Date? It was one of the producers that was you remember the show Blind Date? Yes, yes. It was a great show. Funny show. And he was on the show. Was it Kyle Brandt? It might have been Kyle Brandt who's on NFL network right now. Um but he was on Blind Date and I guess was talking about Ryan Sandberg. And kept telling the girl, it's Ryan, not Ryan. <laughs> and and Rome still plays that cut. It's Ryan, not Ryan. Uh, Jamie said, Dad, I called him Chris Everett. He's a wuss. <laughs> Eric says, Mully would be Frylock. <laughs> Another aqua. Uh, twi- aqua he would reference. be Carl is who he would be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and we are more like the Hunger Force. I love Carl. I dress like Carl. Love a, love a good pair of ratty sweatpants. Yep. With nice. the old commander shirt, although he go. wears Giants gear, right? All right, Devin Tepper. We just created something new. Devin. 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 It's Devin, not Devin. My name's Devin, not Devin. Can Dell Jr. come over and <laughs> take dr- the jet skis out of Late Norman? Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I need Alonzo Morning to get something off the top shelf. <laughs> Let's take a break. This is a great segment. One of the best. When we return, big hour number two. As we were here from Kevin Monroe. 
Talk Pirate football. We'll also hear from J.P. Heath. Talk some Rice football here on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. That and more on the way. We are back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group. Offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For pl- plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. And the Buccaneer Music Hall Buck. has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck. The Buck has the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs, so you won't miss any game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at Dubbuck. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Dubbuck. Dubbuck. Awesome stuff. All right, welcome back into the show, Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. And this, these are the tweets I live for. Big Dog actually mentioned it earlier. How about this from Rex Byers? Tonight begins a stretch of there being at least one college football or NFL game for 54 of the next 55 days. Next Tuesday is the last scheduled day without one until November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving. And then we start matching Wednesday. Ask and ye shall receive. It's actually Conference USA. Ah. So next Wednesday at Sports Trivia Chandler, We'll be watching Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee and FIU at New Mexico State. I love it. Um, I Because I've been asking you for at least the past couple of weeks about it, when we were going to have Maction, and it starts next week. you got to wait for the 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 off weeks to get here. Yeah. That way that you can have the midweek game. Which mm-hmm. that will be ECU's off week next week. Next week, uh, the week after that, we'll have our first Tuesday college football night. And one game's not enough, or two. We're going to have three Tuesday night games My on goodness. October 10th. Is that all Maction? It's no Maction. It's Conference all USA, USA and Sunbelt. Uh-huh. Wow. And Sunbelt. then that Wednesday, two more Conference USA games. So uh, it's almost here. Wall-to-wall football. Awesome. Cannot wait. All right, let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Joining us, Kevin Monroe, former Pirate. Now, color analyst for the East Carolina Radio Network. He joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Kevin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing a good clip. I hope you are. Yes, sir. Doing well. Glad to see the Pirates uh, get in the win column after a win on Saturday. And you have to 
Uh, you know, I understand it was against an FCS opponent, but Kevin, there aren't a lot of shutouts week to week across college football. So uh, I was very impressed by that. How about you as a, a defensive guy seeing the team give up zero points the other night? Listen, there's, there's no question that's impressive. That's hard to do against anybody, uh, no matter what level it is. Because, you know, it's, it's easy enough for a team to get a turnover or just, you know, happen to end up in field goal range or something. And so, yeah, for them to play uh, solid defense all game long, not make but one mistake offensively in terms of turnovers and, and that pitch a shutout was uh, was very, very impressive. Gardner-Webb helped us out, Kevin. I don't remember a game with seven fumbles by the opponent. I think East Carolina was able to get on five of those. Do you remember uh, a, a turnover field game like that uh, that you've called or, or played in? I remember East Carolina played at Temple um, and we, you know, we were doing really well and uh, ended up losing that game. Yeah. We were supposed to lose that game and I think we it was raining and cold, and I think we fumbled four or five times in that game. Uh, but that's the only other one I can think of. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was just a, a sloppy, sloppy game. You know, they had the five fumbles, but also they had uh, two fourth downs they went for and didn't get. One of them was kind of a trick play deal. It didn't work out. Another fourth down they, they went for and didn't get. So, uh, essentially seven times they turned the ball over right where they stood to the Pirates, and that's that's not going to be good for uh, the other team if you get the ball over seven times. Kevin, do you see anything enough from the offense to, to give you some confidence moving forward when we get into conference play here with Rice and uh, SMU Charlotte the next few weeks? Did, did they do anything to say, okay, maybe we got something here? Yeah, you know, the the, the big knock that I had on, um, on Alex Flynn was just his decision-making and turning the football over. And so – the fact that he was turnover free uh, in this ball game was a huge step forward uh, because he was able to complete some passes, make the right decisions, pull it down when he needed to, make the right checks at the line of scrimmage. You know, we're not asking this, the quarterbacks that we have right now um, to be David Garrard. You know, we're not asking them to to go out and win games. We're asking them to to not lose them for us, to to, to keep the chains moving, let us run the football, let us hit open receivers when they're open. And so, yeah, I I, I appreciate what Alex was able to do. Um, and, you know, just his you know, second or third start, but also uh, the run game. You know, I, Raji got in there and ran the ball well, but then you, you bring in Edmonds, the transfer, and Bond came in and got a touchdown. And so everybody was successful. You know, and again, it was it was um, FCS opponent, but several things worked that had not worked in the past. And that, that includes the receivers not dropping the ball the way they were dropping them in previous games. You know, there was, there was uh, many fewer drops in this ball game, And so – I got to see guys like Sowell kind of show us what we've been expecting to see from him. Uh, and so that was that was good to see. Kevin, we love the, the sport of football. You played it. I've watched it. But uh, we hate the injury side of it. But we love the next man up side of it. And Camaro Edmonds got his opportunity because Marlon Gunn, we learned, got – banged up late uh, last week in practice. Gerald Green went down during the game, so next man up was Camaro Edmonds, and he got in, and and he was ready for it. And that's got to be a sign to all these guys that are fourth, fifth on the depth chart that just because you're not playing right now doesn't mean you're not going to play. And uh, kind of a wake-up call to all the guys, I think, on the roster that your number may get called. What are you going to do with it? Camaro shined uh, in his opportunity. He looked really good, and, and, and you know, they say that Gunn's injury was during practice last week, but I didn't think he looked very good in the App State game. So, you know, he got the ball a handful of times in the App State game, and I don't think he had very many yards at all. If he had 20 yards, I'd be surprised. It's probably more like in the you know five or 10. And so um, it, it was good to see Edmonds come in and be successful. Bond has continued to be successful when he's gotten his opportunities, and Roger Harris has looked good. And so you got three backs you can count on. I hope that Gunn gets back to, to full steam because I like what we got of him last year. 
But, you know, so far in the early going, he struggled a bit, and it could be from previous injuries, and maybe he, you know, re-injured something this past week. Uh, but he hasn't looked that good in his opportunities, so I'm glad the other guys are stepping up. Kevin, uh, some of these coaches are reluctant to let the media talk to freshmen, and uh, for the first time we got to talk to Javius Bond this week, and what a kid. He just smiled the whole time, was laughing. He looked like he was having the time of his life, and uh, he has put together a, a good start to his true freshman season. They are putting more and more on him when it comes to special teams. Had a couple of tackles that Pirate fans were talking about the other night. So they are putting a lot on this kid, and uh, and he's ready for it all. In fact, uh, earlier this week he said it's a little more than he anticipated, but he loves it. And uh, I, know, I don't know if you've had a chance to interact with him much because of the short time he's been here. But, man, uh, what, what, a, what a gem I think they found in this Javius Bond kid. Listen, I think sports at a high level, just in general, it, it promotes ego, right? Because if, when you get pretty good, people start telling you how good you are and you start reading it in, in, in the paper, and so you start feeling good about yourself. And so, you ha- you know, when you're in high school and you're the guy and you're, you, everybody's offering you scholarships, you feel great about yourself. And I'm sure he came in thinking, I can play as a f- true freshman. You know, I'm, I'm going to be one of the better players. We all did. I thought I was going to play as a true freshman. I did not. I was redshirted. But he's one of those guys – so they've asked him to step up and go play now, especially in the in the day and time of the transfer portal. I mean, I, I can't tell you how, how cool that is to be starting as a true freshman or playing a lot as a true freshman when they can just bring in juniors and seniors from other schools anytime they want. And so the the fact that they, they put the trust in him to carry the football, it's one of the toughest jobs to do in, in college sports is to be a running back and carry that football and not, you know, not turn it over. Uh, and then, you know, what what you said, what he's doing on special teams, I mean, he went down there, he's, he's not just making tackles, he's hitting people, he's, He's laying the wood to people, and so he's taking pride in what he's doing. And, oh, by the way, no one tells you when you're in high school all the interviews you're going to have to do to the media. Yeah. So he, there's not a whole lot of prep for that until you, until you get in school, and then maybe the, the folks in the media department, SID, you know, Malcolm, those guys talk to you about what you got to do in, in these interviews. So, yeah, I'm sure he was in there smiling, you know, <laughs> as happy as he could be because he'd never experienced anything like this, and it is a cool deal. So I'm, I'm glad to see him. You know, being successful at it. You know, Jackson at the corner spot. Yeah. Deal, kid, 17 years old, making plays, and all of a sudden they're shoving a microphone in your face. So it, it's a cool thing, and I'm glad he's got to step up to the plate. Yeah, and uh, we got to see a lot of young players in the game, Kevin, when the score got a little bit out of hand. That includes Raheem, uh, Raheem Jeter, and not to beat this dead horse, but we wanted to see a little more of Mason in years past get in just to get his feet wet. It was good to see Jeter do that the other night and uh, at least play in his first college D1 you know, football game and, and uh, you know, maybe a sign for the future. But I love that they were able to get some of these guys in. Listen, in this day and age of the transfer portal, you have no idea what your roster is going to look like a year from now. And, you know, the Pirates could have two more quarterbacks in here next year that we've never seen play. You just don't know. And so to, to hear a lot about a guy like Jeter, to hear about his skills, both as a runner and a passer, um, you, you, you kind of want to see it in action. And so, yeah, it was cool for Pirate fans to be able to see it. I thought he looked good. I thought he handled himself well. He ran when he needed to. He had a couple passes as well. But um, that's something that we've just been waiting to see was, okay, if it doesn't work out with Garcia, if it doesn't work out with Flynn, who's the next guy up? And he, he is the next guy up. So being able to see him out there, was awesome. You know, I, I don't know what that quarterback room looks like next year if yeah. everyone comes back or what. 
but uh, you know, it's good to see him play as, as a young guy. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, as the week goes along, signs are more and more pointing to JT Daniels, the you know five-star quarterback out of high school that has been a journeyman in his college career. He's putting up big numbers for Rice this year. Uh, got hurt last week. Looks like he's going to give it a go on Saturday, and I think that's why the line has gone from two to three to now three and a half in Rice's favor because, uh, again, he is putting up a ton of points, leading that Rice offense. They're also giving up some points. So can the Pirate offense keep up with this Rice offense? I think that's one of the the big questions here going into the game. And also Blake Harrell talked and was asked about it yesterday, Kevin. This is really the first kind of pass-based offense or pass-first offense that East Carolina's played this year. So there's a new wrinkle for this defense to get ready for. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age of the spread offense, you know, you, you, you run into that more often than not. It's been odd that the Pirates have seen teams like Michigan and, you know, that, that like to run the football and App State likes to run it a little bit. So um, you, you, you get to see that early on. But more more often than not, in, in the AAC, Conference USA, and a lot of these conferences, they're, they're pass-heavy conferences. And so JT Daniels comes in, he's completing almost 65% of his passes over 1,200 yards pass and 11 TDs to three interceptions. So this guy, you know, he, he's accurate. Um, you know, he's got a big arm, over 300 yards a game. So he, he can make plays with his arm. He's not super mobile. He can move, but he's not super mobile. And so you don't have to worry about him escaping out of the pocket and running for a long way. That's, that's going to be helpful to the defensive line and linebacker trying to put pressure on him. But, man, if he has receivers open, he's going to find them and he's going he's to complete passes. So that's definitely something to be worried about. Um, but you do want to get in his space. You do want to put pressure on him and, and, and find a way for him to make some mistakes. Um, and, and that's what happens when you get pressure up front. So I, I'm excited about the fact that, you know, we're going to see pass instead of run. I do like what we do up front against the run, but also those guys can rush the passer when they need to. Uh, and so it'll be good to see how these corners hold up. I, I know what the safeties can do. We've got some good safeties back there, but I want to see how these young corners hold up. They've played better as of late, uh, but they're going to be tested by JT Daniels. And, Kevin, uh, another change. Uh, we've had some good environments. Obviously, the one in Michigan, the App State sellout, uh, a good home crowd against Marshall. And for the weather and everything, I thought a, a pretty good environment and, and crowd uh, on Saturday against Gardner-Webb. Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked about it yesterday. The, the old kind of Conference USA, not a lot of people in the seats. You're going to have to create your own atmosphere type of thing. I don't know if that has a factor on the game or not, but it, it will be a bit of a change from what East Carolina's experienced through the first four weeks. It actually does have a factor in the game. You wouldn't think it does, but you know you kind of get used to this. When you're at home, Pirate fans are rowdy and crazy. The students go crazy. The Boneyard's awesome. You, you feed off that energy. When you're on the road, everyone hates you, and it's all, this, all these people against you, and you feed off that energy. Like, I, I will show you. But when there's nobody there, <laughs> it's just kind of weird. And, right. and, you know, I played in that when we, we would play UAB at Legion Field in Alabama, and it's a 90,000-seat stadium, and there's 2,000 people there. It's like, where is everyone? And it's almost hard to get hype, hard to get excited. So you do have to bring your own energy. It's, it's a weird thing. It feels like practice, and you don't want to be a practice speed when you're playing a game. You want to be a game speed. And so that kind of crowd noise helps you get there. It kind of helps you get pumped up. I mean, think about playing corner in front of 90,000 fans. You don't want to be embarrassed. You're going to be, you know, be doing, doing your best work. <laughs> but it, it's just a different feeling when there's nobody there to cheer you on or cheer against you. Yeah, some else the coaches uh, have to work on for Saturday, getting these guys ready to go mentally uh, along with the physicality part of it. Kevin Monroe joining us. East Carolina and Rice will be with you 3 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff and after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Kevin, before I let you go, 
Commanders get boat raced by the Bills, and I was pretty down Sunday afternoon, but uh, I did crack a smile after seeing what happened with the Cowboys and Cardinals. How? And when we talked to J.P. Heath, uh, the Rice play-by-play voice, also a Cowboy fan, and he said, you know, that it's if I the surprising part would be if I was surprised that the Cowboys would lay an egg like this. How, how did you feel after the game on Sunday? Uh, the Cardinals beating your boys. Yeah, I didn't expect to lose that game. I, I did think they would lose one early on in the season, just because you know, just there's, there's no way. I mean, it, it is still the Cowboys. It is still McCarthy. I'm, I'm not a big fan of him as a head coach. I do like him as a play caller. I'm not a fan of, of his as a head coach. I feel like more often than not, teams out scheme the Cowboys. And you don't want to be like that when you're when you're a fan. And so um, it was unfortunate. I thought Dobbs played an excellent game. Yeah. He just he he hit every open receiver. He didn't allow I me. Mean, I think he got sacked once or twice. Um, and so he just stayed on his feet and made plays and just made it tough on us. But I, you know, it's going to happen. I, I don't. I'm not taking anything from it. I don't think that changes I, you know the outlook for the Cowboys on the season. I do like the fact that Dak only has one interception through three games. I mean that's you know, that's a that's a good rate uh, at this point. So. You know, you can they can point the finger at him for throwing the late game interception, but there's lots of reasons that they lost that game. So you know, move on and you get ready for the Patriots. And Kevin, the Diggs injury happened after we had recorded last week. I think like while our interview was airing on Pirate Radio Live, it all came out. Is that a like Super Bowl crushing uh, injury for you guys, or something you can maybe mask with with all with Parsons and all the guys you have already on defense? Well, I, you know, I, I do like Deron Bland. He's the young guy that's kind of filling in for him. I think he's a good player. Uh, he's not Diggs. And, you know, I I, uh, I buy a jersey kind of every few years, and I only buy jerseys of guys that I just absolutely love, and I have a Diggs jersey. <laughs> that, if that tells you anything, it was a, it was a crushing blow for me. Uh, so, you know, I, think they, I don't think it's a Super Bowl crushing injury, but it, it's big, and, and they're going to have to show that they can still play really, really good defense. Um, without him, and we didn't see that on Sunday, so we'll see what happens this, this week. There you go. Kevin Monroe joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, which, by the way, beginning Friday will be the Halloween Express Live Line. And uh, next time we talk to Kevin, it will be October. So uh, we're gearing up for some Halloween. Cannot wait for the Kevin Monroe costume reveal. That'll be happening uh, in about a month from now, a few weeks from now. So uh, getting excited about that, Kama. I'm getting excited, too. As I said, I know what it is, so I got to get everything together, and uh, we'll see how it comes together. Kevin, go Pirates. We'll uh, talk to you again next week, man. Appreciate it, Cliff. Kevin Monroe joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, soon to be Halloween Express Live Line, and Kevin is Mr. Halloween. It is actually the graphics up. All right. We so we can call reads. it that now? Yeah. We can call it Go that now. Go for it. Yeah. Let me see if I Halloween. I need to practice, you know. The Halloween Express Live Line. Halloween Express Live Line. Halloween Express. Halloween Express Live Line. Halloween Express Live Line. Get those reps in, baby. What's your first guess? Of Kama for this year. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of current. I mean, ones. There, there's like options, but but he's he don't have to go current. He's gone like Michael Jackson. Um, now I'm trying to think of the ones from the past. I've got a bunch of pictures. Rodman to go back. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. Rodman that was last year. Holy it was crap. killer. He, he nailed Rodman, <laughs> even with like the head. They had yeah. the ring, the nose ring. I think he could color, go the color coordinated head. I think he could go prime this year. Yeah, Ooh. Jerry Coral prime. Yeah, with the glasses. Oh, you can take it back to old ninety, prime. like Bray's prime. Yeah. This is my house. I like uh, old prime would be great. Yeah, I like it. That is a good call. That is a good call. 
All right, let's take a break. When we return, the very entertaining J.P. Heath will join us. He is uh, something to behold. Is he our new graph? Yeah. Is he, he our new Todd Graffinini? He's getting there. He's he, a funny guy, man. He reminds me of the guy in the Seinfeld episode, those guys from Texas. That they're uh, making a deal with George or whatever, and he's like, "You tell them sons of from Houston." <laughs> he is like straight out of. Uh, if you had to cast a Texas guy in a movie, it would be this guy. Uh, he's hilarious, but I hate that we could not do this live because I would have loved our chat gang to ask him questions live. Uh, but you'll hear the interview when we return. We'll preview the Rice Owls back with you. More to go after this. Let me crank this up, not quick. <laughs> You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back into the program. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. Shop, shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Hour 2. Marcus Crandall coming up Hour 3, plus comments from Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and Blake Harrell, and we'll make you a winner, have a giveaway for you as well. But right now, uh, we'll air the interview. Uh, I recorded it earlier. Uh, wish it was live, but J.P. Heath is the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls. Was able to catch up with him earlier and uh, get you ready for Saturday's contest between the Owls and the Pirates. J.P., how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. <laughs> you got a live audience there uh, rooting you on here? Brought my sound effect after a uh, tough conference opener. Uh, I needed the boost of confidence, as if I was lacking at that. Good, good to hear from you, man. Our, uh, our, where we last left off, our professional teams Ugh. aren't doing so well. But yeah, hopefully, well, I guess in my case, hopefully my team wins Saturday. You want your team to win, but that's why they play the game. But yeah, good to talk to you, JP. Uh, the most entertaining interview we had this summer. So I've been looking forward to this chat and uh, yeah, we'll get a little commanders Cowboys talk in at the end. No doubt about that. And you mentioned uh, confidence, needing confidence after uh, rice losing to USF uh, East Carolina finally got their first taste of confidence last week, coming off their first win of the year against FCS opponent Gardner Webb in shutout fashion. So uh, East Carolina certainly needed to win. Now both of these teams looking for their first conference win. And let's talk about what Rice has been up to so far this season. A respectable score, I would say, against the Texas Longhorns. A huge win over the Houston Cougars. A win over Texas Southern and then that loss last week to USF. So ups and downs, I guess, so far this season uh, for the Owls, JP, fair to say? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, The way they played against Texas, you're like, Okay, it, it didn't end, of course. Everybody wants the big upset, but 
they are very respectable and they stall the lot in the red zone. So you do the coulda, shoulda, woulda, and I mean, Texas is proving it's the second or third best team in the country. But yeah, the highlight of the season so far, double overtime win against Houston and just the way they did it. JT Daniels, the first of many displays that he's just a freaking magician and they get the double overtime thriller. They did what they were supposed to do against an FCS team in Texas Southern. It's, it sounds weird to say it, but I, I saw some strides because they took care of business unlike they had in any other game against an FCS team. And then last week uh, in the debut game for uh, American Athletic Conference play, we've been waiting 702 days for, uh, they, it was, again, here's, here's the Homer blue and gray contact lenses view, but they had five lead changes, first two and a half quarters, JT Daniels goes down. And that wasn't the reason they lost, but they gave up a lot of stuff over the top seven or eight plays over uh, 35, 40 yards. So that the secondary really hurt them against the fast tempo, Alex Golish and the, and the Bulls. But yeah, just ready for the Pirates uh, coming into the great, great city of Houston here. And of course, the million dollar question, will JT Daniels give it a go on Saturday? Sound like Coach Bloomgren uh, said he's been limited at practice uh, earlier this week, but is preparing as if he's going to play. And and I'll ask you that question, JP, and then I have to kind of decipher if you're giving me smoke screen or not, because you never know with uh, with these coaches these days and, and what the truth really is. But how are you feeling about uh, JT Daniels and him playing on Saturday? Yeah, he didn't go in Monday, so I can back up with what Coach, obviously, he was uh, spitting the truth out there. And he's the, the, the great thing about me answering any of your, uh, your tough grilling under the, the FBI lights interrogation <laughs> questions is that I truly don't know. I, I only know what they've told me and what I've seen at practice was Monday and going out there today, I'll know a little bit more. But yeah, he's, he's planning to go. It's not a long-term injury. And they're the whole company line. They're they're very confident in the backups that they uh, do have. They've got some experience, but yeah, expect uh, JT to go in the way he can impact a game. Uh, it's been pleasant to see the way he has made a lot of folks better. No doubt, putting up some monster numbers this year, and uh, we'll look to take apart an East Carolina secondary. And it's interesting, JP, with the and we talked about this with both Mike Houston and uh, defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. East Carolina has played, I'd say, run predominant teams so far this year. When you look at Michigan and and their great backs, although their quarterback McCarthy uh, certainly picked the Pirates' secondary apart, uh, and then Marshall and App State, they like to run the football as well. So does Gardner Webb. So this might be the first past first team East Carolina's played although all the coaches point out uh, Coach Bloomgren is an offensive lineman and and wants to be able to run the ball but it looks like Rice has done most of their damage this year uh, through the air obviously. Yeah because of that aforementioned former five-star recruit I guess once a five-star recruit always a five-star recruit in Daniels and and Coach was very candid Uh, he's not rigid in his thinking He, he said hey look, it's their modern times. And I was kind of patting ourselves on the back. Nate Griffin um, and I, we do the broadcast for rice. We were talking, you know what the modern game, the analytics, and you have such a premium talent. You don't have to run the ball as much as you really do. And, and maybe that some of that was excuse making, but I'll, I'll freely be, cause I'm the, I'll, I'll admit when I I'm, I'm trying to, look at things from both sides, but coach admitted this week, Hey, if we're 20% run and 80% pass and we win, that's all that matters. Yeah. He did say we, 
we've got to run the ball when we need to run the ball. And the, the what backs up that point is, I'll tell you, they're one of the better fourth down teams in the nation. Now, ECU's one of the better fourth down teams stopping it. So Rice has been able to run it when they've had to. But when you have one single, when you have all rushing yard against USF, they've got to do better. And Coach mentioned that their line has got to shore some things up. So that's the number one thing. As much as I gushed about the pass, the number one thing that I'm going to be looking for is can the Rice line block the front of the of the Pirates? So coming out, that'll be the thing. And handling the defensive pressure that ECU puts with being able to take the ball away. Rice has done better knocking on the wooden desk in front of me, humble brag. The Owls have got to do better taking care of the football, too. JP joining joining us and uh, JP admittedly when I when I think Rice I don't think star power but yeah I remember Jared Dillard and uh, and McDonald and the, and the great players you've had but you've got the the quarterback there and also a McCaffrey there uh, what's it like watching a McCaffrey play every Saturday he, he's he's elite man he he is one of those that as great a player he is he's a better person and. He, he is he is cool, man. He is a cool customer. And for those that don't know the backstory, uh, obviously in your backyard, you know about Christian McCaffrey. But Luke is Christian's younger brother by a few years, and his dad Ed, longtime uh, NFL guy and college head coach. And they tell me the, the the mama McCaffrey is actually the greatest athlete of them all. But he he is so obsessive in his work ethic that. I mean, yeah, you and I at our jobs, we we do the best we can. And we've, we've gotten to really good heights in what you and I do. But Luke wants to be the best college football receiver that's out there. He wants to play in the NFL for a really long time. And he's so process-oriented process to see that really reap dividends now. He's not satisfied with where he is, but he's such a big game breaker. And all the highlight reel catches – He's really, really fast, uh, probably the fastest, one of the two fastest guys on the team, and he's big. So you don't see that combination too often. And, and, and you root for guys like that that are, are, are high academic guys and high character guys as well. But, yeah, he's, he's an obvious one that he's you paying. If you're coming, watching, listening, combination of, you got, you got to watch out for number 10 on the rice often. Man, really reminds me everything you're saying there of Zay Jones, who came here at East Carolina following in his father's footstep, Robert Jones, who won Super Bowls with your Cowboys uh, in the 90s, the linebacker. And and Zay came in, and he was under-recruited and undervalued and just showed up from day one, worked his tail off, that a precise route running. You could tell he had NFL bloodlines in him, just kind of watching him on the field and comparing him to other guys. But very similar there where they want to be great. They want to make a name for themselves. Zay is doing that right now with the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, very similar when you talk about McCaffrey there. Yeah, I didn't know that. Obviously, I knew the name Robert Jones, but forgive me in my ECU ignorance. <laughs> make that connection. Yeah, that's that's really cool. The the you, you really respect the hard work and and seeing it over a few years when it pays off. That's uh, that's a really cool thing from our our gigs that we get to uh, see from time to time. 
All right, JP. So East Carolina's offense uh, has been tough to watch, uh, fair to say, so far this year. The, the, trying to figure out what they have at quarterback. Looks like they found something with Alex Flynn as the starter, and I'm sure we'll see some Mason Garcia mixed in there as well. They're actually able to play three quarterbacks, a true freshman last year. Uh, Jeter got in because the score was out of hand, and he was able to get his feet wet playing Division One college football for the first time. But it's going to be Flynn, Garcia, and East Carolina love their running backs but they've got to have a threat of a pass to be able to run the football and I say all that to say you know how does Rice's defense stack up right now with an East Carolina offense that look through four weeks is still trying to find their way uh, offensively Rice really had problems with the deep ball I, I guess I did mention the stat a few minutes ago that over the top um, now on paper again there are lies, damn lies, and statistics, to quote the great Mark Twain. <laughs> so the stats don't really mean much of anything. I always I say that when I, when I get try to, to stop myself getting buried too deep in the numbers. But while ECU doesn't show on paper that they can hit the deep ball, that's where Rice has been very susceptible. Hey, newsflash, they're going to make adjustments to that and have some more safety help, I would imagine. That's not inside infill. That's just uh, common sense in the football sense, but... Uh, against the rush this year, Rice is middle of the pack in CUSA. They give up just shy of 150 yards on the ground, and they've been better recently. That's why it's so weird. We're scratching our head uh, at South Florida, like what's what's going on here? This they just weren't able to handle a lot handle a lot of things in space. The key thing for for ECU fans listening is that the Rice defensive line has been among the best, uh, and I know that's where. Uh, the Pirates have their calling card on their defensive side, too. So uh, the Owls uh, are fourth in the American, top 25 in the country in tackles behind the line of scrimmage. They haven't forced a lot of turnovers, and Coach told me earlier in the week when we just started talking about Coach Houston, we got to protect the ball, and we've got to do a better job of taking the ball away. So when those opportunities come, that could be a big, big swing of it. But the defensive line's been the strong, most sturdy point of the season for the Owls. The secondary had its troubles last year, and they've got a guys that can they funnel things and can gobble things up in the middle uh, on on the tackle on the on the linebacker core. So uh, opportunities could be there with the pass, and Rice has been uh, pretty sturdy on the run defense this year. JP joining us, tights point uh, point spread here. JP with the home team getting uh, the uh, the favorite in this football game. So when you have a tight game like this, could be separated by special teams play here and there. How about the return game, punting, kicking for Rice? How are they doing in that department so far this season? Just not a lot of opportunities. I said on my very first. I don't know why it came to mind. Uh, as you probably know me well enough by now, I just kind of say what comes off the top of my noggin. <laughs> some. Uh, some restraint mixed in there, but they just legislate all fun out of college football. There's not many returns. Yeah. So they've had, they've had a couple of returns on the kick side. Not much. They've had a handful, six, seven. I've actually got the stat here. Have you updated it? JP? Yeah. Two punt returns on the season and just uh, five or six, uh, kickoff returns of respect, like longest 26 on the season. Sean fresh. will do a lot of kick returns. Dean Connors has shown a lot more recently. He had an 80 yard touchdown reception last week. So, uh, he can uh, he can fly when he has to. Uh, as far as I mean, now, this wasn't art. This I might be stealing your next question, but a part of what we're wondering about the special teams uh, is on the kicking side. Is Tim Horn missed a couple of field goals last week in the makeable range, one thirty-ish yards and one forty yards. So wasn't the reason. 
that they lost the game, but it, it did a lot to kind of be a wet blanket in the first half when they missed those field goals. So I don't, they're not making a change on the kicking side, but in a game, like you just mentioned, those guys with the uh, air-conditioned buildings in the desert, um, sometimes they come down to be really close like they thought, <laughs> and uh, Rice has to do something better in the special teams because that's been their calling card uh, in the past, as most folks probably know. And uh, some people think uniforms will decide a game. How about the unis? Rice is breaking out this weekend. The uh, the NFL home tent town heritage. We saw the Cougars of Houston do this earlier this season. Rice doing it as well with a little Oilers flair uh, added to the mix. How do you like those, JP? I love them. I love them, Clip. I love them because, one, the backstory, it doesn't matter, but on social media, we think everything matters. Uh, Rice had the plans to do it, and the Cougars unveiled it earlier than Rice did, but Rice kind of got the last lap on the field, and obviously I'm biased. The, the, the Cougars did a great job with the, the Love You Blue, but Rice had the Rice flair in there, and I've only seen as much as you have. Uh, Coach was pretty tight-lipped and wouldn't show us like he's had in some other special. They had a NASA jersey reveal last year. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I can't wait to get look, get close and look because I like to look, okay, what am I describing here when I'm looking at it? And uh, I, I love it. I'm not a Houston guy originally, uh, as we know already with my Cowboys fandom, but, man, that era of Oilers football was just so awesome to watch from afar and being able to see these jerseys, that's going to be Really cool to call on Saturday. No doubt. J.P. Heath joining us, showing off his soundboard. Shirley, let's show off ours. Uh, when we talk Cowboys football, we always hit this one from Jerry Jones. Can you? I want me some glory hole. Yes, sir. That's oh, what, yeah. That's, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that one a few. <laughs> that's what Jerry wants. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't have that on Sunday. Just a head scratcher to the Cardinals. I got to say, uh, J.P., after watching Washington just get boat raced by Buffalo, it didn't make me feel 100% better but it was nice to see the cowboys lose i'm not gonna lie but uh kind of out of left field there the cardinals have been competitive week one and week two washington saw that week one but uh how surprising was that to you to, to watch that on sunday it was only surprising it w- only wasn't surprising because it was su- <laughs> i mean should we be surprised anymore with the different levels of our teams i mean the Commanders have the lower expectations now, but they're getting things going again. But the Cowboys pulled the epic Cowboys and just farted and fell down like in most Cowboys fashion. And there's some other reasons behind that. They, they gave up too much of the quarterback run game and just threw a clunker out there. They did not seem ready to play on the defensive side. And with that Eagles coaching staff coming over there, uh, they really did a number on the Cowboys and ah, it's not the end of the season. Uh, whenever we talk, uh, if for some weird reason you make the choice to actually have me on your great airwaves again, uh, we'll probably be talking about a 10 or 11 win team, but quite frankly, and quite bluntly, that doesn't matter at all. It only matters if and when they get into the playoffs and how bad they lose to the 49ers again, or the, Help, help my soul, God, if about if they lose to the Eagles mm. somehow. I, I, I'm expecting them to split in the season, but the enemy of your enemy is your friend. And uh, two buddies here right now, I, I can't stand the Eagles, and I just wish only failure on them. 
and it's they're the better team right now. They're the kings of the division. Did I hear that? Uh, uh, yeah. Did I hear you're rooting for the Commanders over the Eagles? This is that what you were trying to say there this weekend? Definitely. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Let's do it. I'll Let's take do it. it. I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> JP, it's almost like Jerry sent out a memo to all Cowboys fans. Uh, our buddy here, legend around these parts, local TV uh, on WNCT Channel 9, the CBS affiliate Brian Bailey, has a show here on Pirate Radio, joins me every week, and I try to bring up his Cowboys, and he says it doesn't matter to the playoffs uh, until the playoffs. He's saying exactly what you said a moment ago, and I'm like, Bailey, I want to talk you know, football with you every week, and he's like, all right, fine, but again, whatever. The regular season doesn't matter. Look, I'm a Braves fan, JP, so like... I'm feeling that. I felt that the last four months. Like, yeah, we're going to set records. Acuna's going to do this, but what are we going to do in the playoffs? So trust me, I get it. I understand that aspect. Yeah, that's funny. We both say the same thing. That sounds like a smart uh, co-host and smart friend and TV guy. <laughs> We've been, it's, been be- it's been beaten into us, but the problem is they got the high expectations. Yeah. You lower it and just be in the moment, appreciate it, but as we know, that's not how sports work. We love to get work done. Well, the Cowboys uh, searching for, as Jerry would say, that glory hole against the uh, the Patriots this weekend. And uh, just for our Spanish-speaking audience, we also had our Puerto Rican intern uh, translate Jerry's words into Spanish. Shirley, can we hear that real quick? Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Hoyo de gloria. Sounds, sounds very classy when you say it that way, JP. So there you go. <laughs> for those that don't know the context or the backstory, he's an old oil guy. Of course, that's of course. Oil, oil term, but yeah. that's a, a little bit of, yeah. This is all highbrow, above the board. Every, yeah, everything's everything's fine here. <laughs> uh, JP, always fun to talk with you. And I tell you what, he, well, well, I definitely want to bring you on come, uh, come late season playoff time, talk Cowboys, but also maybe we'll uh, talk some more Rice football. I, I was going to ask, you know, how's your, your venture into the Americans so far and 0-1 and with another game coming, but plenty of time to uh, – and I remember talking to you before the season. You thought this was a team that uh, would be bowl eligible, so uh, still a lot of wins out there for the Owls. But as, as we speak, uh, third of the season done here, how are you feeling about the Owls uh, overall right now? Oh, really good. It's it, it, when you look at it from the thirty thousand foot view, and you're looking down on things. They're probably what they, of course, would love to be three and one right now. But there's still a lot of meat on the bone, and there's so much with this week and the UConn game going into the bye next week. We will know a lot more, and that'll judge a lot of my feelings. But yeah, there's this, the tough stretch with SMU and Tulane coming up, but everybody's got a tough stretch like that. So yeah, definitely a positive vibe on the uh, on the right side of things. The Uber Entertaining JP joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. JP, thanks so much, man. Enjoyed it. Uh, you're two for two, knocking out these interviews with us, and and we love it. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again down the road, man. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. JP Heath. The <laughs> only guest we've ever had to bring his own soundboard. And now I want more people to do that. The um, people cheering at the beginning scared me. I, I know. wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah. Um, and Chandler just brought it up. Uh, we'll see these guys in hoops. So more reasons to talk to JP uh, later on this year or the beginning of 2024. It's uh, exciting. Anytime we can get him on the show, uh, I'm for it. 
All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two. Coming up, hour three, Marcus Crandall. Comments from Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and Blake Carroll. And a giveaway. Ton more to go on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you on a boys' day. Shirley's gone. We're back after this. Friday night, I crashed your party. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations and experience the highest standard of customer service. The purpose of the Atlantic Wireless Store experience is to inform, illuminate, and inspire. Find the location near you at AtlanticWireless.com. Atlantic Wireless, we go beyond the call. And Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates, and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. Creed, huh? Love it. Did you always dream of doing an ad read with Creed in the background? Uh, yeah. That's like a dream come true. Here we go. You'll take me higher. All right, let's take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. It is getaway day in uh, Major League Baseball. Let's update what's going on with the scores and the standings. So the Diamondbacks lost. What are you laughing at, Glenn? What you haven't been seeing this whole time is that Marcus has been ripping it <laughs> right next to you. Sometimes you got to jam out the creed. Sometimes you just got to. I knew song, it would get man. Marcus. That's, That's why I played it. Taylor in here, in here. We were in there laughing. Uh, we were laughing. It was funny. Is that the song? Is that the performance from uh, the, Cowboys Stadium? The Cowboys. It could be. That sounded like, that, a, like Thanksgiving, yeah. maybe. All right, so D-backs lose, but they're still a game and a half up on the Marlins and Cubs, so they're still in a good spot for that second wild card spot despite losing today. Cubs are in a free fall. Uh, they take on the Braves tonight at 720, and the Marlins, by the way, Creed has a song about the Marlins that Jim Rome plays a lot. We need to pull that one up. Um, Marlins play the Mets coming up tonight. So Marlins and Cubs are tied for the last wild card spot. Marlins have the tiebreaker. Uh, the Blue Jays are a half game up on Houston for the second wild card spot. And the Mariners are chasing the Astros right now, and they will play each other. No, the Mariners are on to playing the Texas Rangers. So the Astros much needed win uh, over seattle last night so they're in a good spot now the mariners trying to play catch up as the regular season dwindles down final game sunday and the wild card begins on tuesday so that's what's going on on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck soon we'll be throwing some mlb playoffs into the mix with all the football uh canes have started preseason 
So you got hockey on the horizon, and we were looking it up. Uh, the NBA season gets underway, I think, the end of next month, something like that. So training camps beginning with that. We'll have preseason soon. And, Marcus, it'll be a big crossover with all the sports going on together. Man, great time. And a great time of the year for sports fans, indeed. Did you see the uh, – I put out this uh, – retweeted this earlier, Marcus. How about this? Tonight begins a stretch of there being at least one college football or NFL game for 54 of the next 55 days next tuesday is the last scheduled day without one until november 22nd so wednesday night college football begins next week the following week you'll have tuesday and wednesday night college football meaning you'll have football on every day of the week until thanksgiving man that is lovely it is (laughs) flip on the tv somebody's going to be missing some company that's true yeah go ahead and hug the loved ones tonight unless unless both parties and sure. watching sports oh man just an awesome awesome time it is all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return oh my god more more creed more crandall and uh more chandler and big dog as well uh we will hear from mike houston donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell We'll make you a winner. Big Hour 3 on tap when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back into the program. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Football going on tonight right here on Pirate Radio as the Lions take on the Packers. That'll be a good one. We got the... High school huddle coming your way on Friday before we kick off D.H. Conley football. And then Saturday, we're with you 3 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Marcus Crandall will be a part of those festivities, and he joins us here. And, Marcus, it was good to get a uh, celebratory edition of the fifth quarter last week. Pirate fans excited after the shutout win over Gardner Webb, and we needed that here uh, after three straight losses. So it was uh, good to get that W. Pirate fans, we love you. <laughs> we love your calls, but we love them even more after a win. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, and uh, a lot of a lot of happy folks the other night for this yes. team to to get in the win column. Now, what do they do with it? Can we make it two in a row? Can we go to one and zero in conference play? Uh, Chandler, let's hear what Mike Houston had to say. Pretty short Q and A with Coach Houston yesterday after practice. Here's what he had to say. 
good Wednesday practice. So uh, got uh, a little bit of cool weather out there, so it's starting to feel a little bit more like uh, getting towards fall around here. Uh, not going to be like that on Saturday. It'll be mid 90s Saturday down in Houston, so uh, it'll be more of our typical Eastern North Carolina weather down there. So uh, kids are excited. Uh, big challenge. Very good Rice football team. So we've got our hands full. Coach, when they've got a guy like McCaffrey who they can move from the slot outside, kind of move them all around, what type of challenge does that create just schematically? I mean, I just, I think he is a really good football player. I mean, he does a lot of stuff for them. And, you know, the way he competes for the ball in tight coverage, uh, very impressive. Um, you know, we, we, we've got a tremendous challenge. Um, you know, the kids know it. And so they're, uh, you know, they're, they're preparing for it. But uh, he's a special player. Um, with uh, I know Rajay talked about you guys got that twenty four hour rule, but yep. this week have you seen any you know after effects of just getting that win? Just with it maybe energy or just kind of you know focus wise or anything like that? Well, I mean I think that uh, certainly the kids were excited uh, to get a win like that, and uh, but you know I, I felt like by Tuesday their focus was you know completely on rice. Uh, I, do, I do feel like there's a maybe a little bit more pep in their step this week, uh, so that was that's good. Um, but, uh, you know, they understand that, uh, you know, preseason's behind us, uh, you know, conference football games, so uh, important, important matchup. How much stress does it add when there's an iffy quarterback situation? How much more do you have to do at practice to prepare? Well, you know, uh, obviously uh, we've got to prepare for, you know, the other guys also, and so uh, it does create a little bit of a challenge. But, uh, you know, Daniels is such a prolific passer. You know, we've got to make sure that uh, we're prepared for him. We're expecting him to play. Uh, but I think, you know, their other two guys present some issues also. So, uh, you know, we're trying to prepare for all of them. With such a different team as far as Rice's offensive schematics, do you guys kind of limit what you're doing trying to stop the run this week? They're only averaging about 82 yards a game. Just a difference in how you approach it? Well, I mean, I think their head football coach is an O-line guy, you know, so he's, he, he wants to run the football. I know they're throwing the ball for, you know, a lot of yardage and stuff, but, you know, we got to make sure we prepare for everything. I think that's very important. I think it would be foolish of us not uh, to focus in on uh, on stopping both. But uh, it's uh, you know it does it does present present some challenges with the way they throw the football. A lot of QB talk this week, Marcus. One thing brought up there uh, by Mike Houston, we haven't really touched on the weather. So I'm looking at it for uh, what it's going to look like on Saturday, and uh, around four o'clock, it's going to be 93 degrees. Now it looks like it's going to drift down a little bit and like at say seven o'clock there uh local time it'll be 86 i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be hot pirates have dealt with uh, the eastern north carolina heat so they should be used to it but certainly rice will be playing down there practicing down there in texas but uh i don't know that could be a factor a hot one going on saturday yeah it is going to be a factor because we've been dealing with the uh the cooler temperatures sure. over the last couple of weeks and uh having practice in it uh, it's been wet rainy um so uh the cooler nights have been uh, an issue for or not has been uh uh here for us as well and so uh going there and then playing at night when it's probably going to be around 80 90 degrees or whatever uh, is going to get up to or be up to at that point of time it's going to be different for us it's going to be different and um so that that's one of my keys as far as um, you know as far as how we're going to handle the heat and i haven't not been there uh in in the last couple of weeks as far as uh, practicing practicing or playing in it mm-hmm. and so um it definitely um you know i think um 
uh, when when you're in that kind of situation, I think it's going to be very important for the defensive guys to rotate in and out uh, because they haven't uh, become accustomed to that or haven't been accustomed to that over the last couple of weeks. And so it's, it's uh, I think it's going to be key for us. Uh, Marcus teams go into games. East Carolina, uh, no stranger uh, and no different than anyone else, trying to stop the run. So last week, Rice had one rushing yard in the game. Uh, but they had 491 passing yards in the game. So this is, uh, I'm going to say this is different from what East Carolina's seen this year when you think about Michigan. Now, McCarthy was able to pick them apart in the passing game, and East Carolina did good, pretty good against the uh, the Michigan backs. But you think about Marshall and how they run the ball with Ali. You think about App State, they love to run the football, and Gardner-Webb would rather run than throw it. It seems like this is the first team and Mike Houston and, and Blake Carroll said, hey, their head coach is an offensive line guy. He wants to run the ball. But right now, their their bread is getting buttered by throwing the football with JT Daniels. So maybe the first pass heavy, pass first even offense East Carolina seen this year going to be a change going into this game for the defense. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to have to show the skill of um, what I've talked about as far as uh, teams rushing us, uh, playing the run on the way to the quarterback. And so if we can get to that, to where our guys are anticipating the pass, uh, but then if we get the run, because we've been stellar against the run uh, uh, for the most part, for the most part, uh, and then give you know just giving up uh, runs late in the game, but um, uh, a couple of games. But if we can do that and uh, and and adapt to their style of play, I think uh, we'll be fine up front. Because even the first game, we got a lot of pressure on JJ McCarthy. Uh, we just didn't finish. Didn't a lot. quite get there. That's right. We didn't finish, and so we can get there and finish. I think it'll give us uh, a, a lot of momentum. I think it'll build confidence in uh, the defense and the offense. And, of course, the, the sacks factor into rushing yards in college football. Right. So, JT Daniels, negative 23 yards, right. I'm assuming, sacks. But you look at their their long rushes of the day, 6, 11, 7, 5, and you've got running backs who are going for – Three yards a carry, three point three yards a carry, zero point four yards a carry. So they're they're just they were not able to run the ball against South Florida, but again were able to light it up throwing. Now they lost that game, forty two to twenty nine. So just because you throw for four hundred ninety one yards does not mean you're going to win a football game. Also four touchdowns to no interceptions. So those numbers look stellar, uh, but only twenty nine points on the board. So maybe I don't know a bend but don't break bend type don't of thing. Break. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And and, um, and during that process, it, it's really just kind of keeping your composure, you know, as they get into scoring territory. Hopefully they don't. <laughs> that would be awesome. But uh, but if they get into scoring territory, we got to, you know, we got to keep our composure, uh, knowing that they're going to, you know, move McCaffrey around and uh, and all those kind of things and try to get him the ball. And I think that's that's one going to be one of the main factors as well is, you know, that as far as where they're going to align him, of course, they're going to try to get him the ball as much as possible and uh, let him make plays, put him in position to make plays anyway, and uh, hopefully we can uh, adapt to that and, and uh, limit that. Well, while we're on the topic, let's start with defense today. Let's hear uh, what Blake Harrell had to say. Cut one, I asked him, is uh, was the shutout being discussed in the second half? Did the, him and the coaches talk about that? Do you mention it to the players? Uh, here's what he had to say about it. It's kind of like baseball. You never talk about that stuff during the game, for sure. Um, you know, just really, really proud of our young men. You know, um, they went – did a really good job last Saturday of just playing four quarters of football uh, for the first time this year and, and really doing a good job in the second half and playing one play at a time. 
and that's what's you know it was a big key for us throughout last week and it is this week as well um you know focusing on your job at that at that moment and that time uh, not the, the final outcome but the process of getting to the to the final uh final clock ticking three zeros and all that good stuff so um and, and then you know obviously you're proud of the shutout but it takes everybody and what i mean by that not everybody just on defense but uh, the offense, defense, special teams, field position, all that plays plays in a factor. So a shutout is really a we fence. You know, we, we do it together. So, All right, broke out the we fence there. Uh, yesterday did Blake Harrell. Uh, Blake Harrell was asked about the difficulty in preparing for multiple quarterbacks. We don't know if it's going to be JT Daniels, although it looks like it is. Uh, but he talked about the stress that puts on uh, you at practice defensively during the week. Cut to yeah, we we, uh, we just talked about it at, at practice, and uh, you know you work JT Daniels um, situations, and, and you work a game plan for him. You work a, a game plan for twelve Paget, and if he was in the football game, then you obviously have a, a game plan for for nine if he's in the game. The, the young freshman, and I think they're all three different, all really good players. JT Daniels is obviously a very talented young man. He started at Southern Cal, Georgia, West Virginia, and, and you see why the arm talent certainly there. Uh, Paget, you know, he was a redshirt freshman this year. Uh, came in in the end of the game at um, South Florida last week. A tough loss for those guys. I think you know a few a few breaks go the other way, and they probably come out of there with a win. And they're sitting here three and one, and beat a good, really good Houston team, you know, as well. But um, you know, he does some good good things. He played in four games last year, played in the bowl game, redshirted, probably a little bit more mobile than uh, than than uh, JT. And then you got the freshman who came in. You know, second half of the Texas Southern game, and certainly athletic, hundred meter guy in high school. Uh, so he's more of a running quarterback that could take off, uh, take off, um, you know, scramble those type of things. So certainly have our hands full, three, like three different game plans for three different quarterbacks. But I think you know, at the end of the day, we got to make sure we focus on us, how how we're going about our business this week, focus on one and this week, and and make sure we, we do a great job Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to get to Saturday. Not just two quarterbacks, Marcus, but two quarterbacks that do different things, have different strengths, adds even more stress to you. It really does because you, you, um, you're going to hone in on different things as far as the game plan is concerned. Uh, and then the players, and you know, for them, they just have to be aware. They have to be aware when they take the field, who's behind the center, yeah. right? And uh, I think that's the most important. And so, uh, and then remembering once you know who's there, you got to kind of understand the game plan, what's behind that in regards to that person that's taking the snaps. Uh, Blake Harrell also was asked about what we talked about a moment ago. Do you have to prepare for more of a, a pass first uh, this week as opposed to the first four games? Cut three. Yeah, I think they've had uh, over 500 yards of offense a couple different times this year. He threw for 491 uh, combined last week in the air. Um, Their head coach is an O-line coach, so I think they still want to be run the football first. Um, and that's still what we got to stop first to make them one-dimensional. Um, but certainly the first team we've seen this year that's not heavy, heavy run, Michigan, at Marshall, Gardner-Webb, or all, all those type of things. So uh, a little bit different, and, and I think JT Daniels is kind of the spearhead of that and, and does a really good job of working the ball down the field. Uh, McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, number 10, is, is a special receiver. Uh, was a high school you know, a quarterback, started out in Nebraska, transferred to Rice, uh, can do some things there, so we got to know where he's at. Uh, the running back, Dean Connors, is probably their second leading receiver. Uh, number zero catches the ball out of the backfield really well. Um, but, yeah, so we got to have some different things to be able to do against the pass game and, and make sure, you know, we're doing a good job pass rushing uh, up front. And, and then in, in the back, you know, maybe just get, some, get some help back there as well. 
All right, the uh, McCaffrey name, a famous one uh, for people my age and older. They remember Ed for the Broncos. He and Rod Smith, a uh, heck of a duo that John Elway used to throw to uh, during the Super Bowl years uh, there, Marcus. And then, of course, Christian McCaffrey uh, lighting it up right now with the 49ers. His brother, Luke, is a Rice Owl. And Blake Harrell uh, talked about having to cover him and the player he is and also the patient rice offense and i didn't really think about this but he mentioned how rice huddles up which you don't see a lot today so you have to point out where mccaffrey is when they break the huddle and they do that pretty late in the clock and can help him out let's hear what coach harrell had to say and i want to get your uh, thoughts on that marcus but here is uh cut five so so rice is a an offense that's going to huddle you know untraditional what we don't see anymore it's kind of an nfl style offense um, they're going to huddle. They're going to snap the ball with five, six seconds on the clock. I think they're the second slowest offense uh, with the play clock, you know, snapping it down in college football right now. They have, have, have some tempo in there, but not much. Um, but that, So that creates one problem, him coming out of the huddle. He don't know where he's going to be. Then they're going to motion shift him around and create some matchups, whether it be on your safeties or on your corners uh, or on Sam, nickel-type guys. So, uh, you know, our big thing is make sure we know where he's at. I think he's got 41 targets on the year. They, they've got 133 targets on the year, so he's like a third of those. Um, so you definitely better know where he's at in all situations. And, and we're trying to do a good job of that. I think uh, Malik Levert is a freshman for us this year and, and on our scout team is doing a really good job of giving that look this week. All right. What is a huddle? What is snapping <laughs> with three seconds left? We don't see that a lot now. And it's they're still putting clock, up. Clock management. That's what it sounds like. And they're still putting up yards yeah. and points. So That's it's not right. like they're trying to play a conservative style. That's just the way they're going. And uh, I didn't really think about that as far as hiding weapons. You can hide them in a huddle and they break out. And if you are playing, if you are, you know, doubling a guy or, or shading over toward his side, you got to adjust pretty quick if you're the defense. I never really thought about that part of it. That's right, man. And um, the throughout the course of the week is how well or how much can uh, information can you retain and then how quickly can you process it in, in game time. And so that's going to be uh, – Kifa, we talk about it on you know on the offensive side with uh, especially the quarterback. Now it's going to be key for our defense to really hone in on who's going to be the quarterback and then where is McCaffrey. Yeah, and famous last words. I'm excited to see McCaffrey play. Maybe I shouldn't say that <laughs> since he's played because you think about it like Ali for Marshall and the yeah. great talent the guys Michigan has. There is an intrigue to see them play against your team, right? And I kind of have that for McCaffrey right now just because I watched his dad and right. his brother play so so awesome over the years. Yes, indeed, man. It really is because I mean I, I enjoy watching a lot of these kids play man or, or young men uh or sports um athletes in general but uh i mean that's 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 something that you know we want them to do well personally but from a east carolina <laughs> rice standpoint we want the pirates to succeed yes sir man two and three and one and oh in conference play sound pretty good right now yes sound pretty good yeah for sure let's take a break we'll come back we'll uh, talk about the offensive side of the ball hear what donnie kirkpatrick had to say and we'll get marcus crandall's take on it also make you a winner it's all ahead on pirate radio live on a thursday back with you after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program at the Appliances Superstore. They make buying appliances easy, just that simple. The Appliances Superstore has the largest selection of in-stock appliances in eastern North Carolina, which helps our customers save money every day. The Appliances Superstore offers a 12-month warranty on every appliance, plus well, plus they will deliver and set up your new appliances and remove your old ones. The Appliances Superstore off of 264 behind the new DMV, or shop them online at appliancesuperstore.com. Remember, they make, a, make, they make buying appliances easy at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clint Brock. Chan Man doing the audio production today, reading the ads. Big Dog in the video seat. Marcus Crandall in the chair to my left. And Marcus, we have a question from Robert on YouTube. He says, Marcus, could the Pirates have a defensive hot call that simply puts a cornerback nickelback uh, in man coverage with McCaffrey no matter the overall coverage used as a necessity to key i don't understand that sentence um we know about offensive hot calls how about defensive hot calls depending on where mccaffrey's lined up yeah kind of like a boxing one i think that's what he's kind of referring to um that, that definitely could be a strategy for our our uh, defense if um if he's having a lot of success as far as where he is and uh and when you're looking at that, I think when you're doing defensive scouting and all those things, you look at uh, the positions, uh, where he's lined up and all those things and where he's most successful. And so you kind of plan for those things. Uh, hopefully they have and uh, and kind of go from there. Of course, they're going to probably throw a wrinkle or two in there. Um, so, that, I mean, uh, Rob, you said? Uh, yeah, Robert. Rob. Yeah, so I think that's a good good idea for sure. Uh, that, that's one of the things you do in basketball, right, when you try to take away a, yeah. a good player boxing one i remember uh, i brought that up with uh harold like you can't i I even use the phrase boxing one like what do you do with ali when they played marshall that week i was like Mm you gotta have eyes on them at all times and uh tough to do because then you're you're leaving other guys on an island and things like that and you can use them as a decoy but are we just talking about mccaffrey because of his name no last week he had nine catches for 199 yards yeah so yeah he's a player yeah i mean and you can do that in a lot of different ways i'm not a defensive coordinator but i understand defense you faced a lot of them (laughs) yes absolutely and i kind of got an idea of how to do things so but, yeah, that's definitely a great idea for sure, Rob. All right. Uh, let's hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick. He gave a, an update on our side uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks and where everybody stands right now. Uh, cut to Chandler. He talks about the QBs. Yeah, we're still in that two-quarterback deal, which can be good. You know, I, I know that uh, it's driving our defense crazy. I guess Blake will talk about that a little bit about, you know, they got a couple different quarterbacks. And I was thinking about that today. I was like, well, maybe that's not such a bad idea if it drives them that crazy. Uh, you know, me and Coach meet throughout the, the, the week. You know, we're, we're here about 94 hours a week, literally. Uh, and so we, we have a lot of time to talk. And then uh, he texts me at home sometimes, too. You know, we, we text back and forth like that, believe it or not. So we talk about, you know, what's the plan, what we think's best, how would we do it. They're, they're different, you know. Last week we had talked a lot about Flynn starting, Ray Mason in, you know, the situation or whatever. We actually put Mason in on the goal line to, to run a quarterback run there. 
the ball was really wet. The kids were really complaining. Coach was arguing with the referees about why we couldn't get a dry ball in. They had some kind of mechanical deal. I don't know what the deal was with that. Uh, we kind of went to Mason in the second half just because we thought, let's do some quarterback run. We had, we had a lead. We weren't going to sit on the lead. But we just thought, okay, this would be a good time to do that. And then he played really well. He did a really nice job. And uh, so we thought we'll just give Alex a little bit more rest because he'd been banged up a little bit. And then we obviously got a great chance to get Jeter in the game, which that was, that's, that was a good moment to get him in. And he took us down there. And we, we didn't have things far because they kept turning it over. But uh, he did take us in there and score. So. But, yeah, we just kind of talk about the flow of the game and when would, if this happens, what would we do? So it's, you know, it's not totally laid out. We haven't gotten it to where, okay, he's going the third series or anything like that. And people have done that before. Uh, it's just really more about this is how we're going to start. And if we start getting this, we may go do this. And then he just – I just say, Coach, how about this? And he, he, he okays it or he vetoes it. <laughs> All right, um, speaking of Flynn and health, I did ask Donnie how Flynn is doing currently health-wise. He's, he's the healthiest he's been since he got banged up today. Today, you got to know Alex. Alex is not ever very high or very low. He, he, you know, me and him, we, we're opposites a little bit. I'm personality A. He's about C, I think, or something, if there is such a deal. He's never real high. Today, I could tell he felt better. For the first time, he actually said, yeah, I'm really starting to feel good. So some of that treatment's working a little bit there. And, I'm, you know, not getting hit as much last week, obviously, probably helped that a little bit too. All right. And on uh, Garcia, I asked Donnie Kirkpatrick about, he mentioned how well he played. Has he seen the confidence level rise in Mason over the last few weeks, over these last few days, coming off a good performance, getting in the end zone? Uh, here's what he had to say. I feel like Mason has relaxed a little bit. You know, he, his desire to do well, and maybe the pressure can get really, really, you know, hard. Uh, I, I think, you know, last week we walked off the field Thursday and I was, you know, talking with him about, you know, how you have to prepare as a backup versus a starter, you know, but it's different than the backup he was before because this backup is you're going in the game. You know, last year he was backing up Holton, but only if Holton didn't get up was he probably going on when the game was still on the line. Now, you know, we're talking about the difference and how you got to prepare. And, and, and he was saying, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I really am. I'm starting to understand that and how you prepare and how you warm up and then you don't play for a while, you know, and how, trying to find that rhythm a little bit. I was like, you just got to be ready. I don't know when it's going to be, but you will be in the game and you know your game plan and it's a little different, you know, what we were doing. And uh, he went in, he played well, and after the game, God, he was in the best place. And that was another great feeling that he felt good about himself, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, obviously it's been tough. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a hard business. You know, fame's not all it's cut, cut out to be now. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really not all it's cut out to be. I think he might have learned that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It comes with a price. All right, you got one quarterback healing up health-wise, one getting uh... – more positivity from the mental side marcus so uh you know you like to hear those things now what what can that mean on the field and it sounds like once again they're going to go with alex flynn and if they like a look or the game's trending a certain way or they give you a look you've got mason that can go in and do some other things so what do you think we're a month into this thing i remember donnie saying by the time we get to conference play we'll have it figured out and well we don't have just one guy figured out but maybe they have figured out how they want to use 
use these guys at least so what do you think about the, the qb situation you know what man um at this level i think it's uh and just like blake said it, it puts the stress on the defense yeah uh, especially at this level because the reason being is because you, you have less time right you have less time at the professional level these guys have all day pretty much essentially to right. meet and on practice on the field and all that stuff and so uh here in, in college football you don't have that time you don't have that time and so when you're trying to prepare for two guys it makes it very difficult to to do that marcus uh next man up you hear it all the time we got to see it on the field the other night with camaro edmonds and, hey uh, we're seeing it right here in studio chan man <laughs> next man next up. man up chandler honeycutt <laughs> is that man today and he's coming in with a camaro like performance couple uh, absolutely. of touchdowns absolutely good uh, job chandler by the way let's hear uh cut three it's got to make you feel good a hall of famer telling you good job chandler he'll never forget that moment marcus uh cut three chandler as uh he talked about Camaro coming in and playing well in the big bright lights. You know, the weird thing that happened is, uh, you know, yeah, we're trying to get it down to where, you know, I wanted Roger to get more carries. I want Javis to get more touches, more carries like that. And so uh, Marlon actually kind of tweaked his hamstring a little bit on Thursday. And so uh, Camaro probably wouldn't have got that opportunity. That You're talking about next guy up, why you better be ready. You know, we showed the team this thing today of Tom Brady talking about his rookie year. And I, y'all probably saw that. That was out t- today. It was an unbelievable deal. And that was Camaro Edmonds right there last week. You know, okay, you better just make your reps count. And then all of a sudden, Marlon couldn't go. And, you know, we had a lead. And uh, it's a good time to get another guy in there because, you, you know, not that we we're taking it like it's over, but you, you have a little bit of a, okay, we could play somebody. You know, one play won't lose the game or whatever here now the thing about Camaro is is that if he gets the ball he's going to go score I'm telling you in practice he does it all the time too and so we are looking at each other like well maybe we do need to give him the ball more and and that's not uncommon that's happened everywhere I've ever been and everybody's got that story on some team where some guy wasn't getting much and then all of a sudden got his chance and everybody's like okay now now we see you know what we need to see so the team was fired up for him. That's the good thing about that. The kids pull for each other. You know, Raji's the most unselfish, good player running back I've ever been around, you know, saying. So he, he's out there leading them, pulling for the team. So it was good. But Marlon's back this week. So we're, we're the only ones out is Gerald Green, who got hurt in the game. He would have gotten maybe those carries, and he, sl- he slipped out there and hurt his ankle or his foot or something a little bit. So he may be out a week or two. Man, good to have this depth in the backfield, Marcus. When you need a guy to, to step up, Camaro Edmonds is there. And now Marlon Gunn's back. Where does he fit into the mix? Not all these guys are going to stay healthy this year. It's just it's not going to happen. So you're going to need all of them at some point. Man, for various reasons, uh, the next man up <laughs> quote uh, or um, statement is, uh, is more prevalent in today's game. Uh, because you're, I mean, it for whatever reason, it, it's you know, it, you can you see an injury after injury um, on a lot of different levels and, and uh, with many sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's good for us to have that depth, like you said. It's, it's good that these guys are when they get their opportunity to to go in there and shine. And um, as an athlete, that's that's what you hope for, right? And that's what you sit on the sidelines and watch the next person. That's why you that's why you watch. 
and um, and then you have to have that um, you know that you have to keep your composure. Uh, you have to be hungry and all of that, but you have to be able to keep your composure and uh, and then perform out there on the field when it counts. Marcus Crandall here in the Pirate Radio Studios, ECU and Rice this Saturday. We're with you 3 o'clock Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Tell you what, let's take a break. As we do, we'll make somebody a winner and give something away on this Thursday. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Pow, pow, radio, cannabis are awesome. All right, Chandler, the next man up himself. What are we giving away today, sir? How about we give it away to... How about lunch for two for tie, uh, at Tiebreakers? That's where I had lunch today, so lunch for two at Tiebreakers. What'd you eat? I had the chicken tender basket. All right. On the lunch special. Nice. So. Lunch for two, tiebreakers on the line, 317-1250. We'll go caller four, 317-1250. When we return, Donnie Kirkpatrick on Rice's defense. And he talked about something that Kevin Monroe said is a factor, and that is the lack of crowd. We'll be seeing that on Saturday. We'll get Marcus's take on that when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006. University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Congratulations to Robert Matthews, the winner of a lunch for two at Tiebreakers, and a Marcus Crandall t-shirt. Uh, Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. It's the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town. Sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. How about Santa Crandall over here throwing in a T-shirt? <laughs> Robert Matthews was fired up about that when uh, that was thrown into the, the goodie bag there. So big win for Robert. And uh, Robert's been uh, hanging out with us, listening to us for a long time a lot of times cutting grass while he's uh listening to us here so robert uh congratulations to you sir and uh ending the month as far as shows tomorrow so everybody will be eligible to win uh back when we begin a new month coming up on monday it'll be october so uh we are getting into the uh the nitty-gritty here of the football season and conference play beginning pirates will uh face rice in that conference opener and donnie kirkpatrick will try to score on this defense and he told us about this defense uh yesterday at the press conference 
Well, what you see out of Rice's defense is it's very complex. It's one of those ones that, boy, Sunday, when you put it on, you're like, oh, gosh, all right, stop it. Right, what number is that? Okay, they, they play guys in multiple positions, so they move around, so it's a little difficult. It's an NFL-type system defense. Uh, the guy that's calling it's been in the NFL for seven or eight years, so you can see the NFL influence in it. So it's very multiple. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of different stuff. And what you see is they make a lot of good defensive plays. Man, they just stop them, stop them. Their weakness has been they have given up some big plays. You know, Gordon Webb had given up five explosive runs, runs of 12 yards or more in the first uh, three games or whatever, I guess. And, 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 and that's not that many. And I think we had seven or eight. So, you know, we were pleased to be able to get that. Rice has given up more explosive plays, but now they got more tackles for a loss and stuff like that. So it's it, they kind of make you play an ugly game in that, you know, I, officially we'd love to just be high fishing, you know, make a lot of just yards all the time, keep the ball, have good drives, end up in scores, you know, not have many bad plays. Boy, they force you in some bad, bad plays, and you've got to just keep – sometimes you got to just keep running it or throwing it that same play because a big play will come eventually off of that. And that's, that's what people have done. Offensively, they run the clock down to five seconds. So they're going to milk the thing, not let you get the ball back. You know, So you're going to have to also make your possessions count. To, and, and they're throwing it a lot. So you think like, wow, okay, playing another team's going to throw. Good. We're going to open this thing up. It's going to be a lot of possessions, be a high-scoring game. But they don't play – it's not really like that. They, they let the clock run down. Uh, so you don't get that many possessions. And – you know, when they're playing well, I guess they're still scoring a lot of points. So you still got to match that. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about NFL uh, on the defensive side. Blake Harrell mentioned kind of NFL-ish on the offensive side. I, now, I looked up uh, Bloomgren, their head coach. So he worked from 07 to 10 uh, with Rex Ryan and the Jets and was an assistant offensive coordinator <coughs> there with Brian Schottenheimer and Bill Callahan and then went to Stanford and was David Shaw's kind of right-hand man on offense, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. So uh, that is where he was before going to Rice. Now, he's been at Rice since 2018, and his overall head coaching record is 18-41. and 41. It's not very good. Uh, but five wins last year, the most he's had at Rice uh, since joining the Owls, and they're off to a 2-2 two and two start this year so uh a lot of just hearing a lot of nfl type stuff uh comparisons when the coaches look at their film yeah i mean uh in those regards man i think it's really uh key that you have to focus on what you're going to do um not a lot you have to be aware of what they're doing and what they you know their their scheme is 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 um you know the the main objective of their scheme i should say more importantly than um, you know what the, what it looks like on the back end for it for an offense and then and and all those things because the moving parts it, it can make it difficult if you get too caught up in it and right. so you, if you focus on what you do as an offense and and as a defense uh, I think you're going to be more successful because uh, you know where you're going all right and then uh, as the game goes along then you have to then that's when the communication is going to be key as far as what their game plan is, what they're doing out there on the field, and when they're in certain looks, and then uh, just everybody being attentive and and uh, applying what they see out, out there on the field or what they're getting from the sidelines out there on the field. 
All right, finally, Donnie Kirkpatrick cut seven, talked about being 0-2 as a coach at Rice on the road and was also asked about uh, an atmosphere that's not going to have a lot of noise, not going to have a lot of crowd. You're going to have to hype yourself up. He talked about that. Yeah, I've been to Rice twice. That rhymed, didn't it? Uh, and neither one of them were good. Now, I understand no trip from East Carolina has ever been good down, down to, to Rice. And uh, it is one of those old Conference USA-type atmosphere games, as we say, where, you know, there were those schools that it was, you know, bring your own family and friends, you know, like that, because uh, there's not the crowd. And, and we've played, what, four games? How many we played? Four? Four games, and we played in front of 100,000. <laughs> a pretty good home crowd here, I think, okay, Appalachian record-setting 40,000, you know, type atmosphere there. And then again, even with the rain, I, I guess the crowd was pretty decent. They said the atmosphere was good. It, it, from the press box, that's where you really don't have much of a feel for that. So we have talked to the team a lot about going down there. And, you know, guys that are not in the game are really important. Okay, they're always important, but they're even more important to kind of keep some juice going like that. And, you know, Coach even mentioned the, the COVID year you know like okay it could be a little bit now i don't think it'll be quite to that extent but it is a big huge stadium had a super bowl had blue bonnet bowls all those stuff like that so they they are a very very small school so you will there won't be a great student section there you know so we will have to handle that i i would hope we would we would be okay with that so all right, Donnie Kirkpatrick there. We we break these things down all week from every angle, and then we get into the weather, and we get into the, the uniforms. They're wearing a special Houston Oilers-style uniform, Marcus, on Saturday. And then we get to this thing. So when I brought it up to Kevin earlier, I was like, Kevin, I don't know if this is a factor, but it was discussed yesterday. And he said, oh, yeah, it's a factor because you rely on your home fans to give you juice. You rely on the road fans to make you hate them and say, we're going to come to your house and we're going to beat you. And when there's none of that happening around you, you got to rely on yourself, your teammates, your coach to, to get you fired up. So, and he's talking as a DB's perspective. Now as a quarterback, you don't, I don't know if you're as amped up as the other, the linebacker, the middle linebacker is, but as far as the team goes, Marcus, Kevin said, it is a factor. You got to be disciplined. You got to be able to, to get yourself hyped up for that, for that game when nobody else is doing it around you. Yeah. I mean, um, just getting that hype. And uh, that, that's why I say you really first as an athlete, you have to be self-motivated mm. at all times. You have to be self-motivated. And then that coach and the, the players, they're going to take you to the next level. Right. And so this is a prime example. Um, I think uh, we have to go in with the mindset of a, a hostile takeover kind of deal, and even though it's not the crowd and all of that, but you got to have that that instinctive mindset that we're going in and we're going to uh, take over their field, take over their facilities, and, and win this football game and go home with a win. Yes, sir. Uh, let's take our final break. We'll come back, wrap it up with Marcus Crandall. The hour flew by today. Haven't even talked some NFL, so maybe we'll go quick uh, two-minute drill with Marcus when we return to wrap it up on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room is your favorite place in downtown Greenville for lunch, dinner, or drinks with friends. Fifth Street Hardware serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10.30 on Saturdays and Sundays. Follow Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room on Instagram for the latest events and specials. Fifth Street beside the State Theater, Fifth Street Hardware and Restaurant and Tap Room. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Rock. All right, quick uh, NFL pick em. Lines at Packers tonight, Marcus. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, man. Packers uh, at, at home. At home, yeah. I think uh, we talked about it. I think uh, Jones is going to be back and Watson, I believe, might play tonight. Uh, Dolphins at Bills. Dolphins looking to go uh, stay undefeated. Bills looking to protect their home field. Who do you like on Sunday? I I like the Dolphins, man. I like the Dolphins going in Buffalo and uh, taking that win. You like the Browns going into this year. Can they beat Baltimore? This one's in Cleveland. Big game in the north. Ravens at Browns. I I am going to go with the Ravens on that one. I got the Ravens to win the uh, AFC North. And uh, I think they'll go in and, and take Cleveland down. Do the Panthers win their first game of the season at home against Minnesota on Sunday? I think Minnesota's going to get their first victory of the year. <laughs> there you Sorry, go. Sorry, Tan. Some quick picks with Marcus Crandall. We'll talk about more ECU football, Pirates and Owls coming up Saturday, and uh, maybe a little NFL as well when Marcus joins us on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Marcus, thanks for hanging out today, man. All right. Thank Enjoyed you, guys, it. man. Enjoyed it. Jay, man, great job. We will see you Monday. Chandler is heading to Houston. Uh, give me a call on Saturday. I'll try to do a check-in with you. All right. All right. As long as it's as good as the one you did this past Saturday. It wasn't good, was it? <laughs> it, was, it was all right. It wasn't it was, much it to was talk about. There, was, there wasn't nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> But you'll have plenty to say this Saturday. Big Dog, thanks for filling in on the video production side of things today. We'll see you on a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live coming up Friday at 3. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.